ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's it's very simple, ladies and gentlemen. Let me let me break it down for you. There are people in this life that believe that games like Mario Party come down to chance, that there's absolutely nothing that you can do. But you know what you say to those people? You say to them, us your camera feed. You don't need a single damn thing. It doesn't matter what your damn mouth says. It doesn't matter what you believe in. What matters is your belief only in yourself and the fact that you, you are rich. Not just in wealth, but in life. And they are not. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new era. Welcome to the Corporation. Thank you, all my little corporate stooges in the chat. You are beautiful, and I love you. Alright, welcome to Design Dorks, everybody. I am one of your co-hosts, the Duke of Dorks, and, as always, joining me is this smug bastard here. It is I, Pyrrhic Kong. Please enjoy my presence, and know that yours is enriched by it. Alright, sorry that we're a little late. I love you all time. for tolerating me. <laughs> Just conflicting schedules. We're we're both tired. Yep. We are um, here I... to discuss the games and the news and all the other stuff in between. Exactly. I know you've been waiting. I know you've wanted me, and I'm here. Motherfucker, just stay connected. <laughs> uh camera why is it why does it duplicate me when your camera feed goes down? I don't understand. Oh no, but it's it's really quite great. It's really quite a thing here. <laughs> You're oh gosh. But no 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 no. It's it's fun. It's a it's a good time um <laughs> to just do that. Um gosh. All right, let, let, let's do the ding pots and the dragons. Get let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a damn thing to talk about. Yay! There might be hope for me, but in like six months. Oh, <laughs> that would that that that, that just feels bad. Well, considering what deal just went through, there are a lot more options to support Banjo right now. True. True. Oh, shit, right. That That's something we can actually talk about later. That happened yesterday. I added it to the doc real fast. God, I, I, need, I need to make a three-minute video just begging Microsoft for Heroes of the Storm. Banjo could show up in Heroes of the Storm. That could happen. That would jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that won't happen. For, I doubt we'll get any announcements of anything to do with that for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we aren't going to get anything to bleed down. Mm -hmm. Like, if anything was going to happen for either the Metroid franchise or the Banjo franchise, it would have happened by now. Unless one of them is going to be a late March game. Mm-hmm. Or game... Well, I... I Switch to presentation kind of deal, maybe... Oh, no shot. They need to ride out Mario Wonder and everything else for all it's got for the rest of the year. Okay. They got Paper yeah. Mario. They got they got tons of Mario right now that tons they got to just and shift through. Not much else. They have, like, trace memory. I don't even remember what that is. You don't remember the excellent DS game starring Ashley Robbins that I never played? 
Oh, no, wait, no, I remember people talking about a DS remake, and that's... That's yeah. liter that's where the Brit that's where the train of thought crashes into a wall. Okay, great. Uh, they were a sticker in Brawl. Oh, okay. Girl well, with white that, hair. There you go. That 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 narrows it down. Sure. That does <laughs> narrow it down. I got you. I've <laughs> stirred up the residual memory, the primordial stew. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, anyway, what you been playing lately? Um, well, I've been playing this little game called Mario Party recently. <laughs> I do want to go just a little bit more in depth as to what that is and how that felt. Oh, yeah, so, go for it. It was a delight yeah. to watch. So, uh, for those not in the know at uh, Tarvold's Quest, good friends of the show, good friend in general, please support him. He needs the help right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is emotionally devastated right now. Um, we used to do a thing where we went through every single Mario Party board from one through eight. We did that during the course of the pandemic and eventually it came to its conclusion. And then me, uh, the D4 stream boys, Connor and Gooms and Tarvold said, OK, let's take our standings, our first through fourth seeds and create teams of 2v2, which is me and Gooms and him and Connor. And we're doing 2v2 Mario parties as a... Uh, First of four, best mm -hmm. of seven format um, with the losers of each game getting to pick the next Mario Party game, as long as it's not duplicate. So, for example, if you suck at Mario Party 2, next game you can say, OK, I'm good at the mini games in Mario Party 5. I'm going to practice the mini games in Mario Party 5, and we're not going to tell the other team until the day of. Hmm, okay, so okay. that is the advantage that they are walking in with every single time. <laughs> and how, because, how uh, is it not helping them? I don't know. It's been a bold strategy. Let's see how it pays off. <laughs> um, you can uh. see the streams of them. They are every other Thursday, I believe. We're trying to like nail that. that down. So, just had one last Thursday. Uh, the games played so far were Mario Party 1, Mario Party 3, and Mario Party 2 in that order. Just, just trying to get all the N64s out of the way, and for some reason believing that's going to help them. It was a bold strategy assuming that picking my best games would cause me to do badly. And to my credit, I am not pushing out minigame wins. I am not the strongest player on this board. I am merely the smartest player and the best player <laughs> on this board. Because let me tell you, 2v2 strategy in Mario Party opens up so much. Because regular Mario Party, I love it. I earnestly love Mario Party. But there is a limit to the sort of unique things that you can do strategy-wise on the boards. Mm -hmm. 2v2, I can throw as many four-player minigames as I want. I can sabotage as many other players as I want as long as I'm trying to ensure that my good friend Gooms, the only other person who isn't an ugly bourgeoisie pig in this <laughs> Mario Party world, gets his rightful pay. Yeah, and it's been working phenomenally. I have You're an so ironclad much... team. Name the teams real quick, just so people can get an idea uh, of the vibes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we initially did not have a team name. Um, going up against the first-seeded Tarvold and the fourth-seeded Connor playing as Peach and Wario, um, 
I was disgusted by their antics. I was a person of the people going in. I was ready to be blessed. And guess what? The blessings of the people came into me and I ended up Mario Party 1 as the richest ape in the world. The team of Donkey Kong and Yoshi, Team Beast, formed to create something much better, something richer in both character and monetary wealth. We have formed the corporation. I'm sorry, but the but the light reflecting off of the glasses makes the white irises look like pupils and it's really... <laughs> I'm a fucking bug, my guy. Okay, there you go. Woo! <laughs> but yeah, the, I the agree, corporation. Wario, I it's, gotta it's win. Brilliant. <laughs> Through our efforts, we have managed to take every board by storm. Chili Waters has been properly and beautifully democratized to be a beautiful place under our rule for any sort of low-income housing. Excellent, excellent worth, snuffing out all of the hidden blocks within its reaches and having the boldest, most genuine strategic decisions at all times. Like my honestly, uh, to, to not to, to, to break kayfabe here, to break the fourth wall here, um, having the ability to tell someone to buy a Bowser phone, then intentionally tank all of your money down to zero so that they can then call Bowser on you to give you 40 coins <laughs> has been one of the best long-term planning decisions I have ever made. Please understand, the strategic mileage that you can get out of Mario Party goes infinitely when you start playing for someone other than yourself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i heartily recommend exactly i heartily recommend giving it a 2v2 because i have like bold face strategies through all of mario party the original mario party league is a really fun watch i do recommend that you go for it but there are times where i can't do anything where i have the best plans in the world and they don't work because that's just the way it goes or i just can't perform in many games having someone to take my heat having someone to back me up having someone where i can go let me talk you into the right decision and having the other team be an absolute train wreck of communication makes it the most brilliant most wonderful experience that you can possibly imagine what are you talking about, train wreck of communication? They they get along so well, though. They're so helpful to each other. The bile in Connor's voice when he said, you should have gone the other way, Tar. <laughs> and he wasn't even right! <laughs> oh, it was so... Uh, their, their team name is Team Flesh, because they're their both team... humans, which is hilarious. Yes. And they spend half of the episode arguing over we need a better name and then going, not Team Flesh, <laughs> Team Flesh. And getting literally one person in the comments to go, yeah, Team Flesh. And that person then is joins me. our side by the end. <laughs> how does uh, it feel? Well, how does it feel as a watcher? Because I know how it feels as a player. How does it feel as a watcher to see someone take the game of Mario Party and take it over their knee in such a weird way. <laughs> uh, well, on one hand, I always feel like I need to root for the underdog just for a... That's just what you want to do in competition, right? It's more exciting yeah. if the underdog wins. But if, if they just keep losing over and over again, there's a strange, like, fascination 
Like seeing something horrible happen, but not being able to look away at the same time, just being like, okay, how bad can this keep going, though? How far can we push this? What's what's the most extreme <laughs> variation of this formula? Uh, the most extreme variation is spending 20 minutes deciding your play and then losing a coin flip to slip on the ice. <laughs> that one moment when they were just begging Gooms to roll a one to avoid getting the star because they had like a magic lamp or something. Mm-hmm. He rolls the one, gets a hidden block in that place, gets a star, doesn't, <laughs> the, the plan to get the star doesn't pan out, he gets that star anyway. <laughs> Was just... God. <laughs> it was... It was horrifying. I loved it. More please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, please understand that at any time you can go ahead and join us in our streams. Go ahead, watch the VODs, get all caught up, and just, you know, join us. We're ascending beyond just mere money and life. Uh, please, by all means, join the co- the cult of personality. Oh, you changed the name after. Ah, <laughs> uh, great times, great times. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, let's see. I got more stuff than you. You want me to just swing through? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Alrighty. Uh, finish Super Mario RPG. That game is great. I thought it would fall off toward the end. Guess what? No, it doesn't. It actually goes harder. Nice. That's really nice. Um, favorite thing that I did uh, this run through it, because, uh, you know, this is like my eighth or ninth run through of the game, is um, you know, shuffling through the party members to get a good idea of what team compositions work, by which I mean shuffling through the party members who aren't Bowser. Oh, but he's so fun, though. Exactly. He's always in the party. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. 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 Yes. I, I understand. Exactly. And it's it's so great because Bowser is amazing the moment that you get him, and then he falls off hard, like the instant that you hit Land's End. He's a he's a fire emblem Jagan. Yes, actually, his growths are shit. Right, right. That, that, that checks for out what, for Bowser. For whatever reason, his armor is the worst in the game to the point where there's like a universal armor that you get in the third town. It is better than every single one of Bowser's armors except his final one. And even then it's debatable because the generic armor gives a slight attack boost. He has a spiky shell. Yeah, he has great nat defense. I... But his actual armors are like plus five, plus ten, plus fifteen, and everyone goes else goes in increments of ten or fifteen. I I guess it is hard to put armor on over a shell. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. So the fun part of this was picking a team of Mario Bowser Gino for Mm -hmm. Endgame, which is, as you might note, the team that has no healing. Those are the best kinds of teams. I love trying to make those work. Figuring out and MacGyvering the exact way to get through the Kulex fight with just those three and just going, okay, that doesn't work. Okay, that doesn't work. Okay, this doubles my attack. It counts as a buff, and he has a buff removing item, so that item is useless. In my next run, I need to replace it with another item. Like, being able to strategize and break down that fight from a very, very limited level, because nothing else was challenging, and I I have recordings of, like, beating bosses in less than a minute after getting mm-hmm. the Kulex equipment and whatnot. But 
being able to get that far and break that down and just spend like an hour and a half figuring it out and not cheating it for once because everyone will go either oh bring peach or use the lazy shell armor and that Mm. will just make that fight free but going like okay gino is the only one that is immune to elemental attacks and everyone else okay mario is the only one who can realistically do good damage but if the entire enemy team hits him he dies so i have to prepare for that unfortunately mario is the one with the highest speed so that means that he will lose his turn if i try to revive him as well Mm. and just trying to figure out the right order of operations for that fight that's that's what i love about turn-based rpgs yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying to treat it like a puzzle and just trying to approach it from different angles. Of, okay, what if I put these two pieces together? What if I put these two pieces together? Where What, what yeah. creates the full picture? Yeah, it is a very, very... Well, I won't say a very easy game. Because there, there are times where it can get pretty decently challenging. Not Nothing extreme, but just at the point of, oh, I might actually die here. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's good. It's fun. And you can break it really easily without trying very hard. Nice. And if you choose not to, you can you know, have fun with it. It's it's a game that it has been broken open, and when the remake comes out, I heartily recommend anyone with even a passing interest get into it. Very nice, very nice. Yep. Uh, what I can't recommend anyone with a passing interest get into is Kirby's Dreamland 2. Oh, but it's Kirby, though. It is Kirby. Now, there was a long-standing tradition, there was a long-standing belief within the early YouTube community that Kirby has never had a bad game through, like, 2007 <gasps> to 2010. That is a lie because this game exists. And I won't say it's a bad game. I will say it is an okay game. Mm-hmm. I, it I was going to say, like, Kirby has plenty of okay games, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is a perfectly passable game boy title which has the unfortunate distinction of coming after a good game boy title Mm. and a really good nes game yeah yeah yeah. uh dreamland 2 is a game that i feel doesn't get going until its last world like everything yeah, yeah everything else in it feels like a tutorial and then the last world is it 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 has it's auto scrollers and instant death hmm so there's it's a snag because like there's really good music in this game that you won't hear because you're hearing the animal buddies themes and ku ku has a very good theme rick has a pretty good theme kine but the music in kirby's dreamland 2 is overall pretty damn good and you will never get to really touch it or experiment with it now i'm not going to come down super hard on this game i don't think it's quite as bad as a lot of people say where things are unreadable there are occasionally the clever puzzles to get the rainbow drops Mm. with that said there are seven of them total and failing any individual step in that process is three extra minutes of setup so it's annoying Uh, but it's not like game breaking it's just mm. like that ah shit damn you know kirby 64 had this to an extent too oh yeah but it wasn't but like it was like i think the worst of it was getting the dynamite to the end of war 2 or something oh gosh that drove me insane as a kid so it's it's an isolated incident, whereas in Kirby's Dreamland 2, the game is so straightforward that those moments are really all that punctuates it. Uh, I will give it that it has probably the hardest D2D fight in the series, which was not a high bar. 
He he has an actual enraged face. Are, are we comparing it to like modern games too? Because some of the some of the EX fights can get a little tricky. But okay, fine. Phantom Forgo D to D or whatever might be harder. <laughs> but like the two D games, I definitely agree. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm, I'm not going to say like Macho D to D is stronger, or even Masked D to D. I don't think he's that difficult. He's not. He's not. He's not. Yeah. Uh, and then the final boss fight with Dark Matter. Now, this is one when Connor streamed the game earlier that, or a couple years back, that I praised the fight for being legitimately difficult. Mm-hmm. And it is. Uh, in playing it, I realized that it is the wrong form of difficulty, and I actually do not like it. Oh, r- r- remind me why that it is. Uh, it's the Dark Matter Swordsman fight. So you're floating in the air, and um, the uh, only way to effectively deal damage to him is to hit his projectile back at him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can either do that, or you can hit him, but you'll do, like, piddly squat damage. And to be fair, that is a more interactive form of the fight in the sense that you are giving up your ability to react to him in order to deal more damage. Mm-hmm. So in theory, that's a more fun fight. In practice, that's a more random fight. It's with difficulty. I've come to feel that the most important thing to have in it is agency mm-hmm. uh, to be able to properly react to something. And it could be difficult. It could be a gauntlet of things, but like you have to properly feel in control. Kirby just moves too slow in these games to make that properly feasible. I feel. And creating such a long fight as the Dark Matter fight really illustrates that for me. And also the fact that in the second phase, all you have to do is get behind him and you can reflect all four of his orbs back at him at once and like do half his health bar. Mm -hmm. And when I figured out that, I was like, oh, oh, the fight's over. Yeah. Um, Again, I won't say that this is a bad game. Um... I will say that even compared to the rest of the Game Boy library, I think there are better uses of your time. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It, 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 it's still comfort food for me because it, that's Kirby, but it, that's just because well, yeah, it's it Kirby. is Kirby. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like if you haven't played the Kirby series, you should play this game, and it'll be inoffensive and fun. I don't think you'll be replaying it. Mm-hmm. Nice, so that's, nice th- that's mostly where I stand from, and just as someone who plays a lot of Kirby games specifically repeatedly, then that's the one that's going to hit me hard. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's a good source for later games to remix its theme songs. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Dark Castle, great theme. Big Forest, great theme. Coos theme, great theme. Uh, Every time that they use Yogurt Yard is always a good time. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dreamland 2 is your favorite 8-bit Kirby sprite. Yeah, the cutscene Kirby sprites in this game are really nice, I find. Oh, yeah, very uh, though, Yeah. Personally, my favorite Kirby sprite is uh, Superstar Stacker. I just really love that blend of art styles that they use for it. But because it doesn't commit too hard to the Dreamland 3 watercolor, it still has a little bit more definition, but mm-hmm. it still gets that very art style. It's like, ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, KDL 2. Um, then I have a bunch of games, but one that I forgot to put in, I just shoved in really quick here at the last minute because, uh, 
a franchise that was dormant for like 20 years got a new game and I played that. And that's F099. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad they actually yeah. did that. We've talked a couple of times how fun F099 would be and they actually, they actually did it. They did it. And guess what? It's good. Would you look at that? Yeah. Have you touched it at all? I I have not. I have not. I don't have the... Okay. Um. So, first of all, damn, it's pretty. Um, yes. Just looking back at the original SNES F-Zero and then comparing it to F-Zero 99, 99 is so much smoother. The color's so much more vibrant. It's... It's clearly taken the consideration that F-Zero was made for a CRT TV and then smoothed it out to look good on a proper HD display. And that makes cruising along through it just feel good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, you managed to make a Super Nintendo racing game feel much better. And that I really, really appreciate. Um, at times, this game can seem like a crapshoot. I can't um, just imagine <laughs> You know, based on, oh, I got a bad start, so this this ain't it, Chief. Mm -hmm. um, however, the slow process of figuring out exactly how to play this game is incredibly, incredibly fun. Because, you know, it starts as a very straightforward racing game. It's very much, um, okay, loosen up the gas on the corner so that you turn better. Uh, do you drift here? No, you're not good enough for drifting yet. Hang on, buddy. We'll get there. The thing that I love about this game, the feature that I think makes it, if you kill another racer, your health goes up completely. Oh, that's brilliant! Oh, Isn't that's... it? <laughs> Isn't that the that best That encourages thing? the best kind of gameplay between the... players. Exactly. You get the boost as soon as you cross the uh, starting line for the first time because you, like, start in a big Battle Royale sprint. Mm -hmm. until they like actually can get you all on the track so that it's not just like 99 players whoever's a 99th that sucks for you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's like an actual proper dash to the track and then you get boosts so you can go real nice and real fast and the different cars and different handling actually work very well toward this Excellent. because like um my, my choice, the Wild Goose, Pico's car. Um, it is durable. It handles well. It has good top speed. It recovers like shit from the pit stops. Mm -hmm. Like, you have one very large health bar to start. And that's basically it. You are boosting maybe once or twice per lap. Unless you kill someone. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Dr. Stewart is a much uh, weaker machine. However, you can just boost through the whole damn lap, and as long as you don't explode, you're probably going to get back up to full by mm. the end. And feeling that small variation between those four cars and figuring out, especially with the uh, whole Skyway system, where you can just go to the upper path and just boost above the track, and there, hitting corners doesn't cause you to slowly die. So you can be a lot more so that aggressive means, with it. Okay. Yeah. And basically it means like, okay, do I use this now to save my life? Or do I go up and I wait for a time where there's like a ton of pinpoint turns and I just go, I'll just do a straight line. <laughs> and your opportunity cost of using it now versus holding it, because while you have the Skyway prepared, 
you cannot boost. Mm. Like okay. it is okay. tied exactly to your boost gauge. It is the same button. So there is a strong sense of risk reward. There's a strong level of just micro decisions going on at all times in this game. Nice. Um, I got a decent placing in a Grand Prix. Like, I got top 10 Grand Prix, and I got my 99 win. So I'm nice. pretty satisfied. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, this was a game of, okay, I hit 99, and then I'm done. And then I hit 99, I'm like, I can go a little longer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good one. I recommend anyone just try it out for, like, an hour or two. Because it's a fun game to learn. I really hope it gets supported in the same way that Nintendo's, like, other... Like the Tetris 99s and stuff. Because, like, this this is something that they could do a lot with. Just adding different cars, different tracks. I hope it gets Tetris 99 and not Mario 35 Well, yeah, that... <laughs> uh, uh, that said, that uh, game existed. there are only, like, six tracks on release. They mm-hmm. don't give you the full SNES game. And then they added the uh, Queen League Cups. Mm-hmm. And that was a good decision. Because goddamn, the difference between those cups in difficulty is like, who you need to know how to play the game. Mm-hmm. Like people were sweating over Sand Ocean at launch, or people are going, "Damn, silence is the hardest thing that I've ever felt." And that they turn their head and go, "What is White Land?" Oh God. Ah. <laughs> uh... Oh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably try it out at some point. I just don't, I don't have the Nintendo, the higher tier of the online membership, and I just don't want to. But I... No, I get you, I get you. I have it basically from circumstance, so. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's just a matter of, oh, might as well at this point. Damn, I could play Mario Kart soon. That'll be fun. You can, yeah. Finally, they added more than one character to that game. <laughs> But yeah, I've I've been uh, chatting for a bit. You you tell me some of yours. Give me some of yours. All right, so I got just a couple of small ones. Let me get the background footage in the background because I've been forgetting to do that for some of these. Uh, just very lightly continuing with Pikmin Four. I think I've gotten like two more hours into the game. Uh, okay. It's still such a charming game. I could. I could, well, I could spend, I and mean, I have spent hours just reading how Pikmin characters reinterpret real-world objects. Just the little, like, oh, this cracker is actually a life raft, or this this little watch is actually a time machine, and we just can't figure out how to make it work. It's it's very charming. It gives a great nice. vibe to just all of the NPCs you meet, and there's a lot of them in this game. I was really surprised by how many different survivors you can meet, and just how many different things they let, enable you to do in the the hub world it's so frustrating like it's so close to the idea i had for pikmin 4 but it's like 35 percent of that idea oh damn it's just like oh i know that feeling of just like i was uh, right but i nintendo almost (laughs) owes me some royalties still die damn they they just weren't as ambitious but it's like good sign for the future of the franchise i might actually get that game like two more games yeah. into it in 2045 but yeah, oh, also it's... a brief correction from the chat you do not need the expansion pass to play f099 oh 
I did not know that. Okay, well that that makes it a lot simpler then. I thought it, I thought it was the expansion pass. No. Neat. Okay. Cool. It's nice to check things. <laughs> I got gotta look gotta love the the checks and balances that we have at play here. It's appreciable. Uh, it's it's still a charm game, but I. I finally had one moment that really got me hooked in it. It's something that hasn't happened for a while in Pikmin just because they're kind of easy games, let's be honest. But I was fighting okay. one of those big, like, they kind of look like blimps, just floating, like, hogs that will just blow you around. There was one in the center of yeah. this cave with just a drop-off ledge on either side. And they were mm -hmm. like, okay, we're... I was playing with my brother, which, again, the co-op in this game is so bad. It's just Mario Galaxy 2 co-op, which is very annoying. Oh, oh it is? Oh, shit. So, so we were just hanging back, and I was just repeatedly peppering it with just little rocks, because you can very slowly kill just about anything as the player 2. It just tanks your time. And right as it was about to die, we ran up forward, just being like, okay, yeah, we can kill it now. It blew at us. We, we managed to dodge out of the way, except for one single Pikmin who just barely landed on the slope, and we just watched as it slowly descended and fell into the <laughs> abyss. Like, it, <sighs> it's easy to forget that those moments exist, but when you once you have those moments, it's so easy to remember, like, oh, God, yeah, the, I really don't want these things to die. It really ramps up the tensions and just your investment in these creatures, just being like, oh, no, just watching this little red blob. Just disappear into nothingness and just just the horror of it. Uh, it's awful. What song I do love you imagine it. that he? Th what song do you imagine went through his head as he plummeted to his death? Uh, you, you know the sad theme from the first Ace Attorney game, just when you're yes. going over like the deaths of all the other characters. That 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 theme. Just the ba, 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 Got it. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, great game. Made me sad. I love it. Good. Uh, let's see, what else? I will take 20 seconds to brag about that I beat the Nightmare mod difficulty for StarCraft II. That's nearly impossible. Nice. I'm a god of RTS, thank you very much. Uh, but I've, I've actually, to move on for that, I've, I've had so little time lately that I haven't really been able to spend much time with Baldur's Gate 3, which, which feels bad. But I did have one just, oh, just phenomenal moment of this game. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a, uh, I don't want to spoil things too much. There's a hub later on in the game where all your NPCs will kind of congregate together. Just kind <laughs> of in the middle of a, of a nasty area. So it's kind of like your safe haven against the, just danger on all sides. And there's a, there's a story beat that happens later where that area will be invaded and the person that's making that area safe, well, they're trying to kidnap that person so it's no longer a safe haven. And I was kind of just mm -hmm. treating that quest line up being like, oh, okay, okay, this is basically an escort quest. We're just going to keep this person safe and kill all the enemies that are coming in. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I was treating it like regular D&D &D rules where if somebody gets knocked down, they have to roll three death saves and then they're dead because I thought they were trying to kill the person. They weren't mm -hmm. trying to kill the person, they were trying to kidnap her. I kind of missed that. So as soon as she hit zero hit points, they just take her and win. And that happens, a cutscene plays where they just abduct this person, 
And all of a sudden, all the barriers that are keeping this place safe just collapse, and this shadow, inky death just surges through the entire camp. Ah! And you just watch as all the NPCs along the walls just start to become... It it, it turns them into undead. They all die. And you're just... Oh, cool. Just fighting in this middle of this haven, because you've got the one thing that keeps you safe. But you're kind of thinking, like, okay... Like, all, all the NPCs around the side died. There's that one person that's important to Carlac's story. That that that, that kind of sucks. But, like, yeah, that's what happens in these games. Like, we gotta keep everybody else safe inside. You beat the fight, you go inside, and everybody is dead. Every single NPC that you've been getting invested in for this entire game is dead. And I'm just kind of... I'm flabbergasted that they let that happen. Not only just let that happen, there's an entire battle, there's an entire cutscene, and I'm sure an entire narrative branch that comes off of this being like, oh yeah, you're invested in this person's questline, this person's questline, this person's questline. Guess what? Nope. I, th- I think I lost, like, a good chunk of the game go- going forward, but... <laughs> Now that there's... You have options. No, yeah, but... I'm can, sure cause... that someone will come along. It'll be like Fire Emblem, where it'll be like, Oh, no, you lost Jagan. Hello, it is me, Megan. I'm an old man hiding in a hut for 30 years. Do you need an extra paladin with terrible gross? I got you. Well, that that's... I, I don't think it is. Because a lot of them are tied to NPCs you meet later, and I'm sure those people are still around, but, like, any rewards oh, yeah, you no, can I'm, get from I'm those sure characters you have... are gone. I'm sure that you have ruined your ability to play a significant portion of this game. At the same time, I feel like you have opened up new doors, and there are less of those doors, and they are shitty doors. Yeah, it, but it, you can go through them now. It, 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 the, the very concept excites me so much. Just being like, okay, this has turned into completely two branching paths, two separate games. Carlac's story is just fucked beyond repair now. I think she just gets the bad ending by default because of what happened. Because the NPC that has to help her is is a, is a corpse that I had to beat down a second time. I, I, I can't help the gnome anymore with his quest because he's dead. All the kids are dead. I can't believe they kill the kids in this game. It They just pull zero punches. And it's just, it's awful. I love it. This game is amazing. Top 10 game. It'll probably continue to, to climb as I keep playing. Excellent. Uh, and then I have just just one more small game. I've been still been playing FTL a lot lately. I'll I'll talk about it a little more in the in the medium sized section. But going mm-hmm. through that game, I also kind of went back to uh, Into the Breach, which is the other game okay. that company created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ah, uh, how do I how do I describe this? It's 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 a good game. First first of all, it, it's still a very good game. Yeah, remind me of the exact mechanics because you said those words, and for like ten solid seconds, I went, "Ah, oh, yes, slay the spire." <laughs> uh, into Wait, the breach. No. You, you have a group of three mechs that you have to drop down in a gridded system, and you have to fight off various baddies that are trying to destroy buildings or oncoming trains or anything like that. Basically, okay, all right. It's kind of a puzzle game where you have like a set amount of turns to keep the area. It's it's, it's Pacific Rim as a game. Okay, yeah, no, no, I played Blast Core. Yeah, well, which is very very fun, but it doesn't. 
it doesn't quite have the the fun background world building of FTL, where there's just all these little societies and uh, species that are just kind of just interacting with each other. You don't get any of that from any of the bugs that are attacking because they're just kaiju. They don't have any like real goals. They're just trying to eat everything. Right. And the uh, the game's a lot shorter. So there's not as much of a progression system of growth. Like, you don't have that, that contrast between a starting ship in FTL and the massive juggernaut that you have at the end. Your mech squads mm -hmm. get better, but they're, 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 they're kind of just fine. And it's just... It, it's, it's such a bizarre experience, because like it's, it's a good roguelike that has a lot of replay value, but there's so little stuff to actually do. Mm-hmm that you kind of just miss out on a lot of those elements. Like, it, it doesn't hmm. feel as good. You don't get that kind of just one more run kind of mentality because there's not as much of a enjoyable contrast between a starting run and uh, the end of a run. That makes Is sense. that because of other roguelikes that have filled the void and done it better? Or do you feel that that is something that was endemic Probably. of this game from its conception? No, it's, right. it's probably that there's just better roguelikes out there. Because there's, like, there's Hades that has the entire narrative flow of all that. There's Darkest Dungeon, which just destroys you mentally. Well, well yeah, but I don't count those games because every roguelike looks bad compared to them. <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah, like, it, it's still a fun game. I had I had fun with it, but, like, it's it's not one I'm going to replay very often because FTL exists. I just like that what that game okay. does more. All right. Yeah. Uh, but that's all the small ones that I've got. All right. I got a couple more small ones, but I got a bigger plate in general. Okay, go for um, it. Go for it. So I actually, over the past month, acquired the Steam Deck entirely. Nice. Yeah. So I just wanted to give a couple of impressions on the hardware itself. Um, it's very nicely made. Um, the weight of it is less than the Wii U gamepad, more than the Switch, which is exactly where I want it to be. Mm -hmm. um, the sticks that they use for it are good sticks, but they're pressed. It's that formation where, like, you have the D-pad and then the stick next to it, so you're reaching over the D-pad to get the left stick, which I don't think that they had enough real estate in the controller to do it. It's like, it's like, like the a new PlayStation controller, but... Deal? That's a little yeah, kind of. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. It's a full stick. It's like oh, okay, there's like okay. dual. They're like little smaller than a dual shock things, mm -hmm. but you know, I they're decent feeling sticks. It's just that I have to reach over the uh, thumb pad with my thumb to get to it on mm -hmm. one side. They're they're closer to the screen than everything else. I'm following. I'm and following. they're they're on the same horizontal plane which just feels awkward compared to years of not doing that. Any, um, like, misinputs just because your thumb hits the D-pad? Uh, not really. I haven't played any games that require it, and the stick has enough verticality to it, and it doesn't have enough sync to it. Like, they are very strong and rigid sticks in that sense. Okay, Is okay. not the sort of, like, DualShock tactile it sinks right in. All right. Sort of thing. Um love the four buttons on the back as you're gripping it where you just have two buttons in imagine a dual shock and the two little nubs that you hold if your ring finger and pinky had toggleable buttons to press mm -hmm. at any point that you could just grip down on 
Love having those extra triggers. That's a great idea, and they feel good to press. Nice. Um, actual hardware connects to the Steam uh, shop and libraries and everything very well. Does the smart decision of always recommending games that run well on the deck front and center. Good. Because <laughs> compatibility is... Not as rampant of an issue as I expected, except for Capcom games. I can't play shit from Capcom. Just Cap. That's interesting. Well, except Resident Evil. I can play Resident Evil and Street Fighter, but I can't play a damn Mega Man. <laughs> really? Yeah. Now, so Mega Man is the games. A... Those are the issues, no, no. but. Oh, Mega Man. Mega that's Man. Just, that's yeah. just too Mega much. Man. Too many pixels. Look, it's very, very smart. You have to have a very high IQ to understand why Mega Man is good in Smash Brothers. Why Mega Man can't run on the Steam Deck. Uh, Alright, alright. Well, what you been playing um, on it? Just just one more comment for it. Uh, oh. The thing gets hot. Oh, like, it is, that it makes is very sense, slim. But, ooh. It is very, very slim. It doesn't hurt me, but there is a clear vent right near the uh, right near where your right hand rests, right near the uh, ring finger and pinky. And it's like, ooh, ooh, let's let's shift this back over here. It's just a little. Ooh, let's not rest. Let's not rest this on my leg. Yeah, just just kind of like with a just like a laptop out in the field, just having it on your lap, and you be like, oh wait, nope, I'm gonna put this on a desk somewhere. That's a little much right now. <laughs> Yeah, it, it works fine through pants and a blanket. It's not like burning. I've had laptops that run much hotter, mm-hmm. but that was just like after years of the switch. That's a realization of, ooh, ooh, that's spicy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah, that's how this thing runs Resident Evil 8. Got it. <laughs> ah, so anyway, I thought the best thing to do was to do a free Hololive game to so I played oh. Idle Showdown just so that you can sit here and have <sighs> to put it on screen. God damn it. <laughs> I don't see what. Why do you hate what you are? You, you, you always know it's it's a it's a great game when you try to look up gameplay and you can't. Fi- nope, still no. Still no. Still no. Still no. Still no. Where? <laughs> Where's it? <laughs> the fuck? Wait, you can't find Idle Showdown? No, I can find Idle Showdown, but there's always just like a one minute of just like, oh, here's an Idle, here's a VTuber reacting to Idle Showdown. Yeah, it's here, so there, great. There, there, there we go. The, the, I, I, I found. Oh, I, I hate this so much. Now I want to say. Uh, off the bat that this is actually a really really smartly designed game from an input standpoint because you do have your traditional inputs for the game but you also have quick smash brothers inputs for most of your special moves most things can be mapped to a button and make it very simple and very easy to get into your combo trees it feels good to do so and it hits that sort of modern mode mentality of like well this is one variant but you can hit it with the heavy or the light button and that'll help it but Ultimately, it is a four-button game of light, medium, heavy, and special, and that consolidates combos pretty wonderfully. 
You have the most disgusted look on your face. I'm very happy. Yeah, keep going. Uh, what I really do appreciate about this game is that it, when you do an input move, that is what increases your meter. Doing just a regular special move for the swiftness of it does not increase your meter, your ability to get supers or assists as you have a dedicated assist button. It's very Marvel superheroes, Marvel one in that sense of just okay. having a dedicated assist character. They even have assist supers that are really neat and really fun to use. I do um, like that way of incentivizing like the actual command inputs. Yeah. And just it's just good art styles. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that because I don't think <laughs> I can comment on that without being very dismissive towards you. <laughs> now, there's like a lot of really neat little attention to details. I'm not a huge Hollow Live fan, but I, I enjoy the occasional bit like uh, Pecora, who I refused to set the game down until I beat her arcade ladder, um, has a super where people make fun of the way she laughs so and say that there are directional inputs to her laughs so one of her supers is that she laughs and every laugh goes in a different direction and then explodes because it is painful um one of the characters has a command grab she used to review shit posts so she throws you into a shit post and it's cringe so you take damage and i go that's funny Shut up. If it were anything else, you would think this is great. No, I am. I'm holding back laughter because that is funny. I'm just hating myself for laughing at that. Um, her walking backward is flipping you off, but it is censored because she is an idol. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of little details. I don't think the game plays that great. Okay, good. Like, this is a really interestingly made free fighting game. It's got a lot of solid ideas to it. It's got a lot of passion and heart behind it. And it's got a lot of cute inside jokes. Like, if you're a fan of the overall genre, this is nicely done for you to get in and enjoy it. It's 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 the Mortal Kombat of fun Hololive fans. You know? Yeah, yeah, sure. And sometimes sure, sure. you just need it, except like the animation is better and the art style is better. Sure. <laughs> You're not going to take that over me. The animation is much better than Mortal Fucking Combat. It, it depends on what kind of the game you're talking about. I saw some phenomenal fight scenes in the cutscenes, but the actual gameplay I'll give you. Also, great facial animations. They do good motion capture. I can't. I can't compare it. There's no cutscenes in this game. I can't compare zero to something else. That's like just yes. Yes, you can. Mm. If you don't have any of something, the one that has something is better. That, that that's ah. just greater than zero. No, it's like going ah. The absence of this dessert makes this history lesson very much worse. <laughs> You can't just compare the two. What kind of equivalency is that? You can't just go like, oh, the absence of dessert makes history bullshit. <laughs> Talk about something else.
my god. <laughs> ah, but yeah, um, overall, it's just, it was a cute little time. I had my hour and a half of fun, and I'm probably not touching it again. Okay. But okay. great effort by fans. It's completely free, as are most Hololive projects, which are just, we are happy for you to create anything else as long as you don't commercially profit from it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which is about as agreeable of copyright as I can imagine. So, um, I also have on here Thunder Ray, and Thunder Ray should have Thunder a lot of people Ray. excited because this is a punch out game. This is a punch out game with a fucking awesome art style. Ooh, look at that. Okay, look at some of these. It is a simple concept of you are the best boxer in the world, and after fighting your final fight in which you remain undefeated, which is the tutorial fight because you're just so good, you get transported to an alien vessel because you're so good at fighting to fight the greatest fighters in the universe at boxing. That's so fun. Oh, I love that. The designs are great. The characters look sick. I have never thought that I would fight Mr. Mitzespitlick from Superman in a boxing match. But I did. And it goes to all the places that you would hope fighting Mr. Mitzespitlick would go. Nice. For those of you who are too young to understand who Mr. Mitzespitlick is, the Great Gazoo. For those of you who are too young to know who the Great Gazoo is... Discord from My Little Pony. I don't know who any of those three are. <laughs> For those of you who were not bronies, a less competent Bill Cipher. Okay. Never watched that show either, but I know who the character is. Yeah, there you go. Um, It is rad. It is cool. It does not play that well. Oh, but it looks so that, fun, though. It is super fun to a point. The major issue with this game is that it has zero interrupts. You are incapable of oh, influencing your no, opponent's no. pattern whatsoever. You simply dodge and counterpunch. And they will have a certain amount of time in which they can be hit. And sometimes the RNG will go, no, nah, they blocked that one, though. But that, that's... Man! So it's just rock, paper, scissors of just like, okay, dodge here, hit here. Yes. That, that, oh. Now, there are certain things. There are certain bits of it. Uh, one of the fights is against someone called the Glam Witch. And she is a Funkadelic space babe inside a magical orb in which she will not flinch she will not take any damage and you just have to punch away at that in order to break down her shield at which point she will be completely defenseless and you can absolutely wail on her while she's simultaneously casting magic spells and like reversing their directions and crisscrossing them it actually plays with the mechanics of the game in a pretty clever way yeah, I'm watching Any gameplay right now, and yeah. like, this does look cool. This does look cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can feel it. You can feel, like, the passion behind it. Mm -hmm. um, 
the issue is just that, you know, it gets repetitive. It becomes a reaction game. Um, if you move to the next boss, he's just a vampire cuphead man. I do like vampire cuphead. Oh, yeah, that lit. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> Look at this dude <laughs> tossing his fucking knife around. <laughs> oh, I it makes me so sad that I'm just going to watch this game. Like, it's so, yeah. it's so nice to watch, though. It is so nice to watch. Um, I think that fight and the Mr. Mrs. Spitlick fight are really, really well considered for what the game is. The issue is when it tries to play to punch out strengths, it kind of just collapses under its own weight and its lack of deeper mechanics and deeper... Um, Let's just get that back. You kind of just phased from existence for a second audio there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It happens. It's okay. We're good. It's it's so disappointing to report on this game that it's only okay. Because there are times where I had a lot of fun discovering the patterns of these bosses, figuring out what to do, where to react to them. But once I did, it was very much a binary. The final boss being an absolute drag of the first two phases mean nothing, but the third phase can kill me in one hit. So I just kind of go through the first two phases again, which is four minutes of doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And he's not an interesting fight. He doesn't guard. He's just a big damage sponge. And no. I'm like, oh, that could be interesting. And I went, oh, it's actually not interesting. Um, there are eight opponents, so you can probably get through the game pretty fast. Um, couple different difficulty selections. Um, and the music sucks. No, oh, you can't, no, you can't have the music be bad in a game like this. That's um, so much of the it's, energy. It's very chill. For and a that's boxing wrong. game? Yes. Let's it just is listen to weirdly, some classical music weirdly Doom, muted and understated. That's bizarre. <sighs> just, man, I wanted to love this game. I wanted to make videos on this game. And the more I played it, the more I realized, no, I'm, I'm not going to get that chance. Ah, well, maybe it's a stepping block for a seat. Is it doing well, at least? I don't know. Uh, it is. It does end on a cliffhanger, and there is a new boxers coming soon after I beat it. So I'm hoping it'll get some stuff added to it. But I feel like at a mechanical level, it is struggling. That's a shame. Yeah. So unless it like super goes in deep on what makes it unique which is also what makes it worse. I have to only kind of point at it as just like a prime example of, okay, why don't people make more Punch-Out games? Oh, because it's hard. Mm -hmm. Because even the littlest thing will make this go like, this isn't right, this isn't Punch-Out. Yeah, well, well, has there ever been, well, no, there's been a few. There's, there's the Delta Rune. Punch out. That was yeah, fun, but there's that. There's the there's the one boss from Wonderful 101. There's just punch out. 
Uh, th- there's there's that WarioWare micro game. Oh, true, true, true. Okay, yeah, that that's that's that technically counts. There's Wade Hickston's Counterpunch on the GBA. At, at least this is kind of a sign that they're trying. I guess like that there's interest. Somebody wants to develop things. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's. I'm so enthusiastic for the passion behind this project. It hurts me to report that it's not great. This is the feeling that I got when, like, ukulele wasn't up to what I hoped it would be. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Like, it's so pretty, and it's what I want, but except for the parts where I wanted to play, like, the thing I want. Or play different, but play good different, not bad different. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, (sighs) mm-hmm. But look at the funny Cuphead vampire, the Punch-Out. He's so good. They're, they're all so good. This is, I, I, I want to see I want to see the TV show where these characters are interacting with each other. Yeah, I want to see these characters in the background of Megas XLR. <laughs> <sighs> ah, well. So those are my shorter ones but i do have a couple of longer form ones and one that i really really do want to talk about to just round off all of the things i've been doing with mario lately is mario and luigi bowser's inside story all right this is this is the best one right this is the fan favorite of the mario and luigi franchise okay it is an rpg where you play as bowser yeah which is just just the Which best is, thing ever. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And you know what? When you control him, he feels awesome. His main attack is he just punches things. And if you get the timing perfect on his punch, he punches the enemy completely off screen after reeling up for like, <laughs> uh, he just has a fire breath attack that just screen nukes because he's just that strong. He just has it. That's that's so good. Like. The power fantasy of being Bowser in this game is utterly incredible. Like, there is a tremendous amount of fun in this game's Bowser sections. Excellent. The giant Bowser sections may be the worst thing in a Mario RPG. Oh! You have so time for a second. Bowser will grow to an absolutely titanic size, and then the game will go, please flip your DS horizontally. You're going to control this segment completely with touch controls. So you do it like a book, and Bowser is on on the touchscreen side, and the boss is on the non-touchscreen side. Yeah, but how do you... You're, you're like, supporting it with, like, the flimsy side of the DS? Yes. I I can't... Don't like that. Yep. um, Best of all, it decides that you can only use parts of the DS that uh, you w- aren't the buttons, which includes the microphone. <laughs> Great. Always the best when you see microphone controls in the game. They always work uh, so well. Let me tell you, um, <laughs> I first played this game when I had bronchitis, <laughs> and it almost knocked me out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, this game caused physical harm to me. So, replaying it, I'm like, okay, here we go. It can't be as bad. I get to the same boss. Everyone in chat knows which boss I'm talking about. They have the audacity to make a train level bad. And I'm inhaling, and it asks you to, like, blow into the mic for a solid six seconds. Just <laughs> as hard as you can. And I realize, oh, no. Just oh, button mashing, but with your breath? That's amazing. That's awful, yes. but that's amazing. It It is physically painful in a really awful way. Um, None of the giant boss fights are good. There are four of them, and they are fucking cool concepts. Because Bowser will have to fight his own castle. Except his castle has jet boosters on it, and just is constantly deploying minions. And you're just like breathing fire on waves of minions and airships as they come at you which like that sounds cool it's rad as hell controlled in the most asinine imprecise way possible oh wait a second is is the fire breath controlled by the microphone where you just breathe into the microphone to mimic that no, you're breathing you have, fire no you have to tap on the fire breath if you do a big breath for damage is controlled by the microphone where you have to blow into it constantly. Okay. And the longer you blow, the more damage you do. And sometimes you do need all the damage. Uh, but when you're just doing it defensively, you just shoot out little fireballs. It's just tap the screen and it will continue in a trajectory across the DS's gap. Oh, Oh, I didn't even... Oh, that's the and worst! And also, it'll get smaller. The more you do it, the more you spam it, the smaller the fireballs get. You you can't... You can't... There's no death perception when you do things like that. I hate it when Nintendo use the double screens like that. You gotta, like, plan yeah. out the path between the two. Yeah. And they never do. And then there are the Mario and Luigi sections, and to their credit, I do think that this is the most fun that Mario and Luigi are in the Mario and Luigi series up to Bowser's Inside Story. I think that the super weapons aren't just gimmies unless you beat a hidden boss, mm -hmm. at which point, yeah, no, 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 give me the gimme. But I still have to pay attention. It's not like it was in Partners in Time, where I got the two optimal things, and I just used those infinitely. Like, I, it, there's actual special points. I have to make a build and consider it and use items and shit. Um, the Mario and Luigi sections go on forever. Which I imagine just feels even longer because I would just Because Bowser, Bowser is so good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And the weird thing is because like Mario and Luigi are inside Bowser's body for most of the game. Yeah, it's the inside story. The entirety of Bowser's body is 2D. So it is entirely side-scrolling platforming, which lends itself well to individual screens. But when you're going through entire dungeons of it interspersed by random encounters that honestly don't feel all that great, like they're clever and whatnot, but once you get through one or two, like they're just basically there to waste your time. Because mm -hmm. 
due to what Mario and Luigi is, the whole incentive is completely dodge your enemy's attacks and take zero damage. And the only way that enemies can make that harder is by doing the attack and then doing it again. And then doing it again. Just, but not just letting tedious. you have a turn. And it, yeah, it's just, it creates the sense of repetition that's just not all that fun. At one point, Bowser gets locked in a safe and the game actually goes, you're not going to see Bowser for a while. And I went, shit. <laughs> but Aww. I love Bowser. Well, that's a, it's still fun overall, though. Like, the, the good I always hear about Ultimate... this game seems to outweigh the bad. It is like, for me, it drives the line right down the middle. Mm. Because those Bowser moments where he is great feel fantastic. Dungeons with Bowser feel awesome. Early in the game, uh, like Bowser can always punch and break boulders and such, but he can do a dash punch that defies gravity where he just hurls himself so hard that he just scoots mm -hmm. for a while. And you have to use that in place of jumping. Oh, okay. And that's, that's cool. Fine. And that, that carries a lot of momentum, allows for a lot of cute puzzles with it. Like, God, the Bowser sections of this game feel good. Enemies are super fun designs. Like, the main villain is Fawful, so he'll just, like, put Fawful faces on, like, shy guys and shit. Yeah, and they'll, the and they'll be great. He's amazing. And... I, I I think he works better as a sidekick than the main villain. But he's so fun, though. He's really fun. I don't think that he should be hosting a tutorial. I mean, you say that, but that sounds like the best thing ever, though. It's a D really does he really... make fun of you for not knowing how to play the game yet? No, Damn the it. thing is that he is teaching his mini boss. How to fight you is saying, watch out for when he presses the button of X. But that that sounds watch fun, out though. for this moment now. Yeah, but he ke it keeps going for like a long time. Oh, OK. The, the joke overstates it, its welcome. It, they keep saying the joke and okay, it works okay, when Fawful okay. only shows up every three hours. When he shows up every 45 minutes, unless you're playing as Mario and Luigi, it's it's a little much. I can see that. I can see that. Incredible final boss. Great boss fights all around. Oh, that final boss theme is phenomenal. Oh, it's not just the theme. The whole framing of the boss. Do you do you know what that boss is? Yes, it's it's the, it's the Dark Bowser, right? Yes. But the point of the game is that you've been gathering your minions and freeing them, and they're like, Bowser is the coolest. When he summons all of his minions and throws them all at you at once and they explode and you are wading through your own possessed army, punching and kicking them aside, ducking into your shell so that Thwomp bounces off of it before punching a bullet bill, before he comes in slamming you with his own shell. It is the coolest shit in the world. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, when this game pops off, it pops off hard. When this game is focused on its boss battles, which is what most of the post game is focused on, that is awesome. Actually getting through the main game, I like 40% of it a lot. Hmm, only 40. 
So does this make make this game a better or worse game than Blue's Clues Alphabet Book? Oh, oh, yeah, oh it is a bit much better game. Okay, okay I mean, okay. please, come on. It's Bowser. So we're gonna make sure. He said it, it was it, right it, down it, the line. We gotta make sure which side of the line. It has crocodiles. It has crocodiles with Fawful's face on that attack you using purely slapstick. <laughs> That's great. He will throw out a banana peel and go whoa, and then slip onto you using the banana peel. He's named Crawful. I love him. Nice. But yeah. Uh, I do think that of the Mario and Luigi games I played, it is the best one. It is not significantly the best, and I greatly prefer the Paper Mario series. Hmm. Just, just kind of a revelation that the Mario and Luigi's are just kind of like, I don't want to say bad, just but the, a tier below. It, it's the feeling of realizing, oh, these... I thought these were for me. I thought that I just had problems when I was playing the game. No, no, this is me, Chief. Mm. And, like, your ideas are really strong. You just, they just go on for way too long. Mm hmm okay. That's a shame, but understandable. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So let's see. We do have a shared one, but I want you to get through all of your other stuff first. Okay, okay. Because I got one that I really do want to end off on. Yeah, no problem. So uh, let me grab background footage. I want. I, I've been playing more of FTL, faster than <laughs> light, and I want. I want to talk a little bit about the feeling of beating that game. Because it's not something I've been able to do more than, like, three or four times in my life. And I've put dozens and dozens of hours into this game. Mm -hmm. I just kind of want to gush a little bit about why it feels amazing to do so. Because I would argue that the final boss of FTL is one of the hardest final bosses of any video game I've played. So... The, the enemy ships in this game have a general difficulty curve and how well they are armed. They, they start with the mm -hmm. ability to kind of just chip away at your ship with little bits of, like, one damage here, one damage here. Not enough to scare you, but to kind of just give an idea of, like, okay, this is going to get bad later on. And they get progressively stronger as you gain more abilities to knock systems offline and be defensive. Near mm -hmm. the end of the game, you'll see ships wrestling with, like, four separate weapons and surviving against ships like that generally revolve around keeping them from firing their abilities or being able to, like, activate a cloaking field to dodge them outright. Like, if you get hit by stuff, mm -hmm. you're probably going to die because the way the FTL works, if you take damage to a system, that system goes offline, so, like, if you lose your shields and then they fire again, you don't have any shields to dodge them, so it kind of just snowballs into mm -hmm. just disaster. But you can do the same thing to them, so you can just target that weapon system immediately, knock it offline, and you're probably fine. So that's the regular ships, the hardest they get. The final boss, the Rebel flagship, also has four weapons that each fire three times. It has triple ah. the firepower of those game-ending ships. And not only that, mm. while other ships have a single weapon system that you can target down, this one's a dick and has each separate gun in a completely cordoned off part of the ship. Like, you can't, like, run through the ship to try to just knock them off one by one and by one. 
So you have to mm -hmm. very slowly, individually target those systems, and all the while, it's shooting you with 12 projectiles simultaneously. It's also crewed by triple the amount of soldiers, so if you try to boarding party them, it's not going to work. You're severely outnumbered. It's got four layers of shield, mm -hmm. so you can barely even break through to damage it. And it also goes invisible to recharge its weapons, because fuck you. And even if you manage <laughs> to kill all the crew members, an AI takes over the ship and just keeps blasting you. Just getting to the ship is already extremely difficult, but more often than not, mm -hmm. you'll get to the ship and just die 30 seconds into the fight because one of those missiles got through, hit your shields, and just, oh, everything else is just going to hit you now. Mm. But if you manage to survive this somehow, cut through the, the colossal health bar and disable its systems, mm -hmm. you get to watch a chunk of the ship break off, the rest warp away, and then you have to chase it down for the second phase. Ooh! The missing piece means it's lost one of its four guns, so, you know, only mm -hmm. double as powerful now. But of course, yeah, everything yeah, else Superstar. is back to full strength. Like, everything's fully mm -hmm. repaired, the shields are back online, because fuck you. And now it has a drone system online. Meaning that, yeah, it lost one gun, but every now and then it'll just spit, like, seven turrets at you that'll all start firing simultaneously... And occasionally yeah. just shoots a little boarding drone that'll knock through your hull, and now you have to deal with that at the same time. I've gone from full health to none in an instant, because if you don't have a way to deal with that, you will just die. Right, but it is yeah. doable. There's countermeasures you can install on the ship to tank through them. You can avoid them entirely. There's little drones of your own that shoot down enemy drones. So you take down mm -hmm. its health bar again. Your ship is barely hanging on. And another chunk breaks off. The ship warps away again, because of course there's three phases. It's a video game. Why wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, isn't that sweet? That means there's two guns down, so it's only got six projectiles. So, you know, just a little stronger than a normal ship. But then it just decides, you know what? I have more crew than you. We're just going to throw them all at you at once to send boarding party after boarding party after boarding party. We all also mind control your own crew members so that you're also just slowly getting outnumbered by yourself. Because why not? And just yeah. to top it all up, they have a super weapon that they hadn't had before, that you cannot disable, mm -hmm. that shoots seven additional shots simultaneously, because if it was six, that would mean it's got the same amount of firepower as the first phase, and you just want, just had to have a little bit extra for the final fight. Oh yeah, no, you need that extra juice. It makes yeah, sense. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, things get, yeah, guns get stronger when you start blowing them up. Right, it's, it's it's just logical. Yeah, yeah. When uh, Revolver Ocelot loses half of his health, his uh, bullets or his guns get a seventh chamber. Exactly, and this is on top of them, like quadrupling the strength of their shield because there wasn't enough going for them at that moment. The amount of times I've gotten that far, like have the ship on its last legs, only to just get deleted instantly because I can't deal with that many projectiles flying at me, is just. Mm -hmm. It's the worst feeling. If you don't, it, it, like, at any point in this Herculean process, or if you just have bad luck, like, at best you can have, like, four layers of shields and a 50% dodge chance, which is good, but four layers of, like, avoiding damage does not beat 12 projectiles if you have bad luck. Mm-hmm. But the answers can exist. I had a strong cloaking field that... It only lasts a few seconds, but you raise your evasion to, like, triple digits, so, like, you, 
120% evasion group if nothing's hitting you. Mm-hmm. I could I had a mind control system, and the way mind control in this game works is if you mind control somebody that's been mind controlled, you mind control them back. It just cancels out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it causes an aneurysm, but it works. I had combatants that could overpower them because the rebels in this game are super racist and they don't want to work with the aliens, which when you have Magus people on your side, kind of outclasses people with just a blaster. Yeah. And my weapons were perfectly tuned to specifically power down shields so incendiary lasers could just light fires around the ship so that the crew couldn't stop them even with how massive they were. And if you manage to mm-hmm. use all of those weapons perfectly, choosing the exact right moments to dodge and target the right systems, the health bar dwindles smaller and smaller until with barely any life left, the ship fires one last volley begins to crack apart as this heavy war drum becomes mixed into the background music, just crescendoing mm-hmm. into a triumphant version of the main theme as the ship blows apart, and that sound effect is the best goddamn sound in gaming. It's one of those <laughs> things that just creates so much adrenaline and dopamine that you can like track it traveling down your spine, just that chill of relief whenever it plays. Yeah. I, I love that kind of gameplay setup for these games. Why I always play XCOM on Iron Man mode or repeatedly bash my head against Darkest Dungeon. Because like 90% of the time, you lose horribly. Almost embarrassingly, even. Probably before you even set out the gate. Right. And there's another like 8% where you're close, but you still fail. But that little chunk of 2% creates the strength strongest feeling of triumph that I will happily eat any failure to chase after. It's a good game. Would recommend. Good. It hates you, and you will hate it, but it makes you feel good when you win. Damn. In another universe, we're both huge fans of Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories. (laughs) Because that sounds like an equal level of unfairness. For sure. I, for I don't sure. have much to add, but like, if you love throwing yourself at the slot machine meat grinder that much, you should torture yourself a little with that. You know, it's not that much of a slot machine grinder. It just takes a really long time to just unscrew the cabinet to get it back to the backside and be like, okay, no, if I have this, this works really well with this. And it just, it t- there's a huge learning curve to figure out what's good and what's bad. Oh, okay, okay. It binding of Isaac's it more. Yeah, well, kind, kind of like that. Kind of like that. I, I, okay, okay. All right. Okay, no, that that makes sense to me. Okay, and I don't have your list up. Do you have one more, or is it just the shared one? I have I have one more, but I want to end off on that one more. Okay, okay. And I will. I'll get to my. Well, actually, we could talk about our shared one next. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so neither of us played the game, but we both watched... You watched Maximilian do it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we watched Maximilian go through the Mortal Kombat 1 storyline. Just because, for, for me personally, I have no desire to play it again. So I have a desire to play most fighting games, but I really love watching his entire crew go through those games. Exactly. Okay, I want you to think of your opinion of this game and boil it down to one word, and we will say that one word at the count of three, two, one. Okay? Just tell me when you sure. got it. Yeah, got it. All right. Three, two, one. Confused. 
<laughs> you know what? Honestly, that was pretty close. That was pretty close. Yeah. All right. Uh, I I mean, like, the, it is a dumb I enjoy. It's kind of like that, like a B-tier horror movie kind of deal. Like, this is stupid. I can't take this seriously. But there is a, there is a, I don't know if I call it a charm. But I could, I could, like, sit down, grab a bottle of popcorn, and just waste two hours with this kind of deal. I see your facial expressions. Uh, I, Explain I, your I want qualms. to hear more of your opinions, because I am someone who actually cares about the shitty Mortal Kombat lore. And this game, ooh, it does some things, and then it does some things. And then it does some things. Okay, okay. Um, the dialogue is almost unbearably cheesy. I wouldn't even call it cheesy. I would just call it bad. What, you don't love Johnny Cage just injecting a stupid movie reference in, at every possible opportunity? Okay, 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 see, that's the thing. He's still one of the best characters, and they boil him down to the worst version of himself, which is, I am the movie guy. We got the Jean-Claude Van Damme likeness. Mm hmm. That's all we need. That's all we need. But then I'm like, but I love Johnny Cage as a character because everyone is the most self serious monks in the world. And then here's Johnny fucking Cage being like, I will punch you in the balls. Yes, please. My favorite quote is that he wins one fight in Mortal Kombat 9, and he goes, Woo! I am so pretty. I'm taking you out. I'm taking you out. I'm taking you out. And I'm taking you out to dinner. Because <laughs> it's a hot girl. <laughs> I don't know if I really view really any of the characters in this game as actual characters. There's not enough... Well, not, not a little bit Liu Kang, a little bit Reptile, but most are just like, okay, these are set pieces you're trying to throw into this story to just have this moment or say this funny line. So this is my issue with the story as a whole, which is, you know, knowing the conceit of it is Liu Kang has reset the universe. Yes. And he did a really shitty job because the same things keep happening. <laughs> Like, damn, Liu Kang, anything could have happened. And you made sure that there were zero new characters in this game. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Not a single new member of the cast. And it's just, it is agonizing to me seeing a game promise new possibilities and big things are happening. And to be the fourth time that we do a version of the Mortal Kombat 1 tournament. From the little I know about Mortal Kombat lore, like, again, literally just watching Maximilian play through it, I mm -hmm. did enjoy just the various reinterpretations a little bit. Like, it was interesting seeing a Molina that wasn't evil. I, I do like what they do with Tarkat in this game. I think it's Yeah, just, I really I like Tarkat in this game. I like that Baraka gets to be a weird messiah. I hate that he stops mattering, like, a quarter of the way through. 
I mean, most of the characters stop mattering exactly. entirely. Exactly. They like th that's the amazing thing through. about this plot. They have they start establishing actual intrigue with its universe and ideas and like actual politics in between Earth Realm and Outworld, and then they just are like, "Fuck it, I don't know. You guys want to do the PS2 games again?" <laughs> What if we just did all the PS2 games again, but also just, oh, Mortal no, Kombat no, yeah. cannot tell more than three stories. Yeah, the, 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 the voice you were using right there just like perfectly describes what I feel like just the entire energy behind this game is. I, 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 no, I, I, I think like... if I had more investment in the world, I would be with you there, but it's, I, I feel like I'm watching like a surfer bro write a story and just be like oh yeah remember this one thing that we did that one time let's do that again yeah we had, a, we had an idea yes. here but like what about this next idea though yeah let's do this one but they keep doing it and it was worse than the last time they did it I did enjoy the little composite characters they had oh yes yeah, no that that ending was really freaking fun like when they had Subcon or whatever, just show up. You kill me. Sonya with seconds. Kano's laser. Yes. Had the the three Johnny Cages fighting together with against Goro with four of Shao Kahn's hammers. Like that yeah. that kind of dumb fun is where I feel like this franchise benefits the most. I I agree. At the same time, I um at the very start of the game, the first scene was Shang Tsung in it. Mm. I paused the video, I turned to my friend, and I went, 20 bucks that this plot is that Shang Tsung will see someone who will rip off their face and reveal they are another Shang Tsung and say, now neither of us have to be virgins. <laughs> and then we continued on with the plot. Uh first scene <laughs> yeah not not the not the most surprising of games i just you could do anything and i picked like the lowest bar with that said god damn do i love shang song he is very fun he like that is a person who is just exuding being a cocky little shit. He has thought of five different ways to betray you in a look. And you can tell just by every smirk he does. Mm -hmm. Every line delivery is just. Mwah. That is the kind of character that I want. That and the uh, Johnny Cage movie set thing. Like those I thought were fun. Yeah, that yeah, I yeah. thought was good. I liked where they were going with Tarkot, and they completely abandoned it and meander for a while before deciding, no, nah, let's just do the game that we had to reset the timeline for. Let's do that again. Oh, yeah, but now they... I, I, I do hate what multiverses do to just story lore like that, because on one hand, it does open up all the possibilities, but they also just like, oh, yeah, but we can do the safe things again and again and again, though. We know what the people like right now. There's Yeah, that's what infuriates me. Mortal Kombat could be good and they choose to make it not good. Because they want to make it simple and they want to make it whatever and they want to just keep pumping out fatalities and show you how realistically a head can explode. And I'm like, no! 
No, show me wit. Show me nuance. Have Baraka tap dance with your entrails. I don't know. Uh. Don't, don't cold cock me on trying to take yourself seriously and then deciding, no, we're more combat. But then don't play the song. I'm in such a weird middle ground where I, I, I can totally see where you're coming from here. But I don't have the investment to get that angry. So I'm kind of just in this Marge Simpson meme kind of just like, I, I think it's just kind of neat. And that's, like, I, I don't have enough of a high opinion of Mortal Kombat to even consider it could hit those levels at the first place, I guess? Is how Do I you know that it? it costs $10 to play a Shang Tsung? Really? He is day one DLC. <laughs> that character is. The one, the one that's integral to half of the story. The best character in the game the one that you have an entire story chapter playing as, you cannot play him in versus mode unless you buy him. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, that, that's this is why we're watching it through Maximilian, dude, and not playing the game. That in the is first separate place. from the Homelander pack that costs like oh, no, no, an yeah, extra I know, forty dollars. Yeah, I know, I know. I just want, to, I just want to clarify for everyone that like Shang Tsung is like. If you had to pay $10 for Piranha Plant. <laughs> but Piranha Plant was in the base game. <laughs> like in World of Light. Play... Pay for Piranha Plant now? I can't remember. I think you do now, but like imagine if Piranha Plant was like integral to the plot. <laughs> I mean, if you say that, though, but that sounds like the best story mode ever. No, it's, it <laughs> sounds great. I want it, but I don't want to pay $6 for the thing that's already in the game. No, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I just, uh, it, it's, it's, it's corporate bullshit. I, I, it, it's kind of in the same, just, Fortnite, Call of Duty level of just... I can see why people like this, but it's got too many of the things I dislike about the industry at large that I would just yeah. never even consider touching it. Do you know the game doesn't have lobbies? That doesn't actually surprise me that much. That, 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 that why, why would they put that much work in it? It's just, it's just basic matchmaking. Yeah. I'm so mad because like I could really get invested in this universe. I could care a lot about it, but every single time there is seven or eight things where I go either this is stupid or this is evil. Hmm. I, 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 yeah, I, I get you. I get you. I get you. Like, oh my god, I would cosplay as Johnny Cage if he were in a good series. <laughs> I but I'm really glad that you get it now. I mean, I'm I, glad I, that you I, understand. I still have fun with it, but... I understand. I still have fun with parts. Like, this does not make me love Shang Tsung less. I did love things like that one moment when they're fighting at the bar and there's just this one dude 
just sitting there with his drink. Has a yes, it's, it's like dude with hats against Sub Zero, and as Sub Zero's attacking, he's just grabbing ice from the attacks and putting it in his drink. Like Mortal Kombat's that. Yeah. I love Mortal Kombat. There is great fight choreography. Wish that was in any of the movies. What you didn't like? What's his fucking name? Cole. Where his whole gimmick is that he's just bad at fighting and he get gets hit by things and that's the choreography. Just tanking shit. Well, that that is uh relative to Mortal Kombat's gameplay, I will admit. Like they're <laughs> representing it really well there. But if you're going to do the action scene in the video game, why don't you make the actual cinema? You're so stupid! They don't know what they want. Yes, they do. They want money. And they get money. Then why don't they do good things? Why doesn't Pokemon do good things? If you have a Pokemon brand does big do enough, good things. it just works. Pokemon does great things. The issue is that fans are and life and money and... And they have to take the Van Gogh card out of the Van Gogh Museum because Pokemon card fans are stupid. <laughs> now I'll never get Pikachu with gray hat. Ah, damn. You feel better, though? You got your rent yeah, out no. of your system? Yeah, Excellent. No. Um, yeah. As long as we both agree how much better Street Fighter 6 is, I'm good. Oh, yeah, to play. I will admit I was more invested in the story of Mortal Kombat 1 than Street Fighter 6 no, is. No, no, I, I agree. I agree with you there. Like, Street Fighter story is shit. But like, I like more Street Fighter characters than I like Mortal Kombat characters. I mean, that's, yeah. Is, is, are there any you dislike? <laughs> In six? Lily. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah. Playing against Alsim. <laughs> he's fine to be there. But it's he's so it's fine. fun. He's just this little stretchy dude. No, no he's not. He just stretched pick, so pick much. Pick a guy that, that like, doesn't take eight years to go back to the ground. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, then you, you, you wanted to end off. With uh, yes, I did. Specific. Um, All right. And I, uh, I thought you had another one. I, I do have one more. I do have one more. Okay. So, All right. So, oh. All right. Let's play this song. I've just been going through the various okay. OSTs. I'm trying to put more background music into the background, just so it's just not us breathing awkwardly into the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get you. Um, I got pretty heavily blue-balled lately at the Capcom presentation, because they specifically brought up that it was Monster Hunter's, I think it's the 20th anniversary coming up right now, and like, oh, they great. had a whole entire segment dedicated to that, so I was so excited being like, okay, here we go, this is the time, we're gonna get a tease at the next game, I'm so excited, and it was just an announcement like, oh yeah, here's, here's a key art. We'll have more announcements later. Just just that kind of announcement of an announcement that just gets your ho hopes up and then just drops them through the floor. 
Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. But you know, that's not the best feeling. That's that's the, that's Capcom, dude. No, yeah, I, like, I, damn, I, I know, I know. I can I was, tell you are a fan of Capcom or Atlas. I was helpful for a second, but like that, 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 that got like a a Monster Hunter hunger in me. Like Rise and Sunbreak, those were neat, but they kind of took the franchise in a direction I wasn't as fond of. They were only nine out of ten games instead of ten out of ten, which like when there's that much contrast, that's just yeah. And just with all the teasing, I decided to go back to Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, which was the first Switch game. And that's been an interesting experience. Because, okay. like, the, right. the the following game, Monster Hunter World, that was, like, the, 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 the Doom 2016, the Breath of the Wild, kind of just, like, okay, we've done all we want to with this formula, let's go crazy and see how much further we can push it to the next level, next chapter. And like, Yeah, was, that was the one where, like, normal people started playing Monster Hunter. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and it went it went absolutely crazy. Yeah, but because that happened, and due to that game getting revealed so soon after Generations Ultimate came out, I kind of just skipped over Generations Ultimate entirely. It just kind of got starry eyed over the idea of the new experience. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm going back, I'm realizing how much of a like a shame that was, because. This game was very clearly meant to be... Like, they clearly realized they were doing worlds. They're like, okay, this is the end of this chapter. Let's bookmark this with as much stuff as we possibly can. Like, you get Mm -hmm. almost all of the maps of the old games. You get almost all of the monsters as well, which is a lot of monsters. There's like a hundred boss fights in this game. Let's Let's mix them all into the old maps and have them interact with each other. You like any right. of the old NPCs? I think literally every single one shows up in some way just to have these like fun little interactions. And jumping back into such an intentional, heavy nostalgia trip has created this really interesting contrast with past Monster Hunter with current Monster Hunter that I kind of just want to talk about for a second. Because it's, okay. it's not a clear cut. Like, oh yeah, this one is so much better than this one. I think they all they both have really strong... Not Not pros and cons because i don't think Mm -hmm. i I think this franchise is almost perfect but different pros in different ways you know Mm -hmm. uh for example world introduced voice acting into the series something i always knew was a bit i was a bit annoyed by but i couldn't really place that annoyance but i know Mm -hmm. why now because when you're actually voicing the dialogue in these games, the series trends to try to be just a little more serious, just be kind of more like, oh, we gotta save the world from this ancient elder dragon. And it gets in the way of the actual writing, which is such a shame because the character dialogue in Monster Hunter is absolutely hilarious. Like, the stories, they don't have one. But, like, they're just a little, like, okay, you go talk to, you go talk to, like, this character, or talk to this character, they'll just have, like, three text lines of blurbs, and they're so funny. They are so obtusely one-dimensional and do not understand just the stakes of the world they are in. Like, there'll be something world-ending threat approaching. They'll be like, oh, yeah, but I really like meat, though. Could you get me some more meat? Oh, a Persona dialogue. Kind of, but, like, (laughs) intentionally trying to be stupid and charming. It's, which creates this very fascinating world of just... You can kind of get glimpses of just this weird, wacky... Like, like for example, you know the little felines, the little cat people that constantly help you throughout Monster Hunter? Yeah. You'll yeah, meet yeah. a single one 
that when speaking to you, well, I should explain this first. The felines will always talk with their dialogue with like just the most aggressive cat puns. Like it is, yes. it is so the two hundred percent extra. Nothing less. But there's a single one that constantly forgets to say the pun and keeps correcting itself. For example, uh, like a these new recruits will be perfect for. Uh, uh, oh gosh, um, I mean perfect. Was that right? Gosh, I can't. I keep forgetting. Which is hysterical because it suggests the puns are not natural to their culture or anything. They just choose to do it. To the hunters to make them more endearing because it's because cats. That's literally how cats tamed humans, essentially. Mm -hmm. And you just get little bits and pieces like that that just show, like, oh yeah, there's this just this character's just one joke, but they're really well thought out and just how many little different ways they'll react to whatever's happening in the world. It's it's, it's fun. Mm -hmm. It's fun. On the gameplay side of things, uh. These games are a lot less mobile than the later games, because, like, it, 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 the most recent ones, they get a lot more anime with, like, wire bugs, you know, the Spider-Man around, the Clutch yeah, Claw. Yeah, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you have to, every time you drink or eat healing items, you have to strike a pose first, and you have, so you have to really think about when you're going to heal. You can't just toss it out. Right. Which, on one hand, it does feel amazing to get into that anime bullshit of the later games, but in this one, I'm finding a really huge newfound appreciation for just how much more this grounded kind of tanky movements forces you to really respect the monsters. They are always towering over you. They move so much faster than you. Their attacks are a lot more scary, so you have to really think about, like, okay, I need to... I can't just kind of just mash buttons to win here. I have to really consider, like, okay, there's only, like, two sides of this monster that are safe at any given time, and I need to be constantly moving around it while fighting. Mm -hmm. It makes them a lot more scary, frankly, because you lose out on that, like, the Z-axis to dodge them into. You only only have the flat plane. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's inherently better or worse the best monsters of the newer games make up for it by being way more aggressive so the fighter fights are just more of the same they're just hitting you on all of those angles but i think the average vibe with the older games is a lot more well not a lot more but it's a little stronger throughout like even the smaller monsters you, ha- you still have to respect because there's a more consistent tension to everything if that makes no, sense no i know i feel it there's like a certain like level of solidity to it and finality to it that uh, the yeah, other yeah, games yeah. have because it's just it just plays at a different pace. Like just look at like the way that Fire Emblem has aged. Yeah, and yeah sort yeah. of how committal you need to be and how much it is designing around these different options that is highlighting. Yeah, I agree. That Fire Emblem is an interesting comparison to make there because like I don't enjoy newer Fire Emblem games as much as older ones. Just because mm-hmm. I don't feel like it does enough to make up for the loss of what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But here, it's such a smooth, just like, yeah, there's pros and cons to both. Which I just, it absolutely fascinates me how level that balance is. Like uh, like another one. Uh, yeah. World and Iceborne created these really just beautiful, sprawling environments. Just like this entire area that's just like a a drained ocean floor where there's just coral growths everywhere, or the inside of a rotting monster that's just come, become this, like, monster graveyard kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And you can just walk seamlessly through these and see monsters above and below you. There's a huge sense of verticality 
But in a weird way, it makes the environments feel smaller than the older games. Because the way the small the older games works is that there's like a dozen areas with like loading zones in between them. And the loading and the zones are a lot smaller, but they create these individual small arenas, and you get mm-hmm. this greater sense of like travel between them. Because, like, for, for certain maps, you'll have, like, for example, you start and you can see a volcano in the, di- the distance. As, as you're re- moving through the area, you get closer and closer to the volcano and eventually into the volcano. This creates this mm-hmm. really good sense of just like, okay, I'm really chasing these monsters over miles and miles and miles. It, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Like, I think the newer games have a better sense of scale and just a believable environment in, like, when you're standing still. Like, you can look around mm-hmm. and just see the environment living and breathing around you. But I think, conceptually, I guess, the older games create a much more lived-in world where you're really, like, engrossed in just traveling through it and finding these monsters. That is, that's also, like, just a big part of, like, preparation for hunts. Like, newer games really let made it easy to just, like, okay, you can just go back to your base and you have access to all of your weapons, all your items... Mm-hmm. You don't right. really have to. You don't have to plan for the hunt as much anymore. But in the older games, like if you don't have like hot drinks or something and going into a cold environment, you're just gone. You cannot fight at all. Yeah. And it really gets. I, 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 I had never realized how much I really respected, and honestly missed that. Well, the hunting side of the hunt. Like there, there is something really cathartic about just going out and being like, okay, yeah, I just need to gather a, just a bunch of mushrooms or just grab a couple of pieces of ore. And there's a really nice just calm to that. It's almost like shiny hunting, but you get what you want a lot faster. <laughs> no, yeah, I can I can see that. And that because be- it's just a solid amount of preparation and your preparation eventually moving towards something that's paying off. Yeah, and the payoffs are so good because then you get to that fight of just like, okay, yeah, we're going to take down the colossal mammoth that's constantly throwing ice boulders everywhere. And you get to make a giant set of armor out of the ice mammoth. And that's just great. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good analogy for it because I'm coming up with the idea of like just going onto the roller coaster versus waiting in the queue for the roller coaster kind of yeah i i i see i see the that's the point you're trying to make mhm and like it, it's a good queue it's not like you're sitting in the sun it's like no no buzz lightyear is over there shit talking emperor zerg and you're like super hyped to sit down and shoot lasers and shit i don't know Speculating about a game compared to playing the game, because I, th- yes. I think there's positives to both. They, yeah, they the, are all the Smash Brothers fun. effect. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just get what you wanted when, in this case, instead of. Uh, I, I I don't know. It, it, it's so funny seeing just the little the little beats that they value between them. Like, yeah, the later games are a lot more realistic, but at the same time, it's really funny to just watch a hunter walk up to a stationary butterfly. And just swing a bug net in the same animation mm-hmm. six times, and there's there's a there's a charm there. It's it's cute. I like it. Yeah, no, there there's a language that obviously gets lost as the game gets more more streamlined in general. It's like the three different times we switched engines for Resident Evil. 
Yeah. It, and it, the it, different feels of each of those. Yeah, but the, but the, that's the cool thing. Like the the languages and the engines are still able to stand on their own despite being so different and valuing different oh. things. I've never seen a series get that balance so thoroughly. Like you have Fire Emblems and the Pokemons where I prefer the old things or like XCOM or God of War where I really prefer the new stuff. But like this, like I could just recommend any Monster Hunter game and I feel right. Well, not the not the first one. The first one's bad, but... <laughs> I was about to say that, that, that's the Street Fighter one of the series, but like the rest of them, mm-hmm. like yeah, they all have something to bring to the table, and to see all of that combined in such a perfect package, just just celebrating every single game in the series. Like this game is beautiful, man. I, I love this game so much. I can't Good. believe it's taking me this long to get around to it. <laughs> no, I'm glad. Yeah, that, that's that's. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. It's, I yeah, love I know, I know that you're this like this is a good game. I know you were farming for like a good endpoint, but it's like no, no, you did good. Yeah, I was. You just, did the thing. Where's the bookmark? I don't need to do, have a bookmark. Go ahead. This, Relax, this game was the bookmark. I got it, hun. <laughs> all right. What, what's your last game? Alrighty. So my last game is um, one that I just finished this morning, oh. uh, dedicatedly. So. All right. This is very, very fresh in my mind. Um, it is a visual novel called The House in Fata Morgana. Um, if you know of this game, it is because it is objectively the greatest game of all time based on Metacritic, where there were six reviews for the Switch version that all gave it a perfect 100. So for a little while, this was the Metacritic number one greatest game of all time rated by a bunch of critics. <laughs> Before a bunch of Nintendo fan sites rushed in to give it eights out of ten. Uh, uh, you got got a, the, it's the perfect metric to understand how good a game is. But Met- Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes are the pillars of how we well, exactly. To but you have to scores. understand that this game's name was higher than Ocarina of Time, Grand Theft Auto Four, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. Yeah, but no, for but a while this topped it. I mean, yeah, but it's 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 better than Ocarina of Time. Don't 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 you know? Well, that? yes, it, it is better than Ocarina of Time. I agree. <laughs> like, to be dead honest with you, I do like it more than all three of those games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, is it actually good though? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, it is very, very difficult to speak about a visual novel because it's it's a visual novel. Yeah. You don't really have the ability to talk about it unless you're like talking with your book club and spoiling a bunch of stuff so that you can nicely regurgitate the themes. So um, and that makes it really, really hard to sell. Like I can tell everyone here that y'all this is a great game it is great at doing visual novel things you will enjoy it probably um there is a content warning at the start of that game follow that content warning oh god it goes uh is this content warning i should be careful with like visuals no i have no you will not no visuals will not show it um just with that said i'm going I was thinking of how do I best highlight this game? 
So I think this is what I'd sell it on, if you are okay with it. Yeah, go for it. Um, I would like to do just a general overview of the game and its themes. And this is sort of an anthology thing where it tells you various stories related to the themes. Okay. I would like to tell one of those stories as a sell for it. Uh, I will mark it as a spoiler. I have my plush, a bayonet here. (laughs) And if you see him, that is when spoilers are happening. (laughs) If you are audio only, uh, don't worry. I put this at the end so that you can just skip to the next section where we talk about news. All right. But in general, I just I want to be able to express this and sell people on it because you don't get the heart of something unless you get those hooks in you and you need a little bit of that tease you need a little bit of spoilers and if you were going to see it a little bit later then you're probably going to just like mute this for like 10 minutes and then you know get the game and whatever we'll continue on we'll be cool so the house in fata morgana is a story about a haunted house that appears in different time periods And when it appears in a different time period, there is a consistent maid who always appears in every single story, who is just sort of trying to help people along but can't really interfere with those stories. Um, These are some of the most heart-wrenching, depraved, painful stories of human misunderstanding sacrifice obsession and violence that i have ever seen wow they are incredibly vivid pictures of how good people or people trying to do the right thing can commit some of the worst atrocities that i have ever seen put onto paper between each other Okay. And I don't mean in I don't mean in the scope of like committing a big uh oh genocide. I mean just hurting one person as much as humanly possible for the sake of an emotion or an ideal. Mm. How vivid are we talking here? Um vivid enough that I can't describe to you what exactly is happening to it uh but the first one made me go oh oh fuck oh my god oh 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 that's good but fuck if you are sensitive to that um that will happen um it does go through different time periods so if you would be upset by things that would happen in the Middle Ages that relate to families and people purchasing other people. Yeah, Chief, uh, it's going to go there. Just pulls, doesn't even pull punches, it actively seeks out more punches. It does those punches in a way that is as believable and emotionally heartfelt as I have ever seen. And shit, dude. And it doesn't like it. To its credit, uh, the characters go, wow, no, fuck. Ah. Uh, at the same time, I gotta warn you, that does happen. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Fun for the whole family? More than you'd hope. Well, okay. Uh, if if you have triggers based on abuse, um this might help you grow a bit, but like also I'm warning you at the same time. Uh at the same time, it has some of the most sincere reflections of humanity and what it means to be human, what it means to be honest with someone, and how much honesty you should have with someone. Essentially, like, it, you should be true to yourself and be willing to share that with others, but if being true to yourself would be harmful to others, is that worth pursuing? Should you do that? Is it easier to do that and ignore others rather than – and, like, that's a message I haven't seen put to people. No, I've only yeah, seen you're... a very blanket good and evil thing. But it's like – No, go ahead, go ahead. When you're at the point of, like, I have terrible, terrible urges and that's an intrinsic part of me, what do I do? And you actually go, yeah, no, you should probably do the one – that doesn't hurt people and can help you connect to other people, even if you won't be totally satisfied, even if there is a dichotomy that makes it impossible for you to achieve your maximum happiness, because part of what is making you happy is bad. You should probably pursue the part that makes you happy with others. That's oh, that's fast. I, I was kind of joking before being like oh yeah that's a hook but this kind of like in-depth look at like just human psychology in general like that that gets some that goes crazy places because most stories just don't dare yeah also it has a really fantastic soundtrack like a really great soundtrack um that fits its time periods well uh, they do a chapter in America for a little bit, and it's all jazz, but, you know, they're Japanese, and they wanted to do a foreign language, and uh, they could have done English, but instead the singer sings all of her songs because she knew a little bit of it in Portuguese. Okay, cool. So you get this really interesting ethereal feel to it that just feels so different because it's an American jazz through the lens of a Japanese author with a singer in Portuguese. I love combos like that. That's my favorite thing in media where you just take like three or four cultures and just kind of mesh them together just to see what happens. And yes. what happens is always great. And it's just, mm. oh, it punctuates its moments so well and so strongly. Um, to give a bit of a review to it, I do think that it climaxes at about its 80% mark. And then the rest of it is intellectually fascinating, but emotionally, I have already hit my peak. Okay, okay. L like, I will freely warn people, when it says final chapter, you've got like a third of the game left. Ooh. That, that's, 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 mm, mm. But it's I really like it good. I, I, I believe it's you. It's really you. good. But I was at the point of, I get it a little bit. So, like, is it my favorite visual novel? No. Uh, Umineko, When They Cry, remains my favorite visual novel. Um, is this your second? This probably is my second, yeah. Okay, okay. I think this tops 
the Ace Attorney series. Oh, that's me. very okay. Now, I, you know what? I believe that Ace Attorney kind of has like, yeah. a, like a cap for emotional investment. Yeah. Um, it came very close to making me cry several times, but it did not make me cry. Okay. Okay. But it's it is a story that emotionally affected me and um, to give a recommendation. Yeah, if uh, anything that I have said does not dissuade you from it, by all means, if but I would like the opportunity to give everyone a taste of what this story is doing. So I will tell you my least favorite story from it. The one that I think is least intrinsically connected to the plot. Everything is masterfully connected by the end. But the one that I think is probably the most standalone of it. Okay. And just, yeah. Here he is. Can't believe you rank Shedinja above him, you piece of shit. I like Shedinja. I, I won't apologize for that. I think the way Shedinja You should apo- apologize, to, apologize to him. No. Shedinja's yes! cooler than you. He will kill you in your sleep. That's what he does, Lorewise. And then my corpse will become a cool Shedinja. No, that's not how that works. No, it doesn't. I don't shed. No, it I don't doesn't. know where that Sh- came I, from. I can't see a Shedinja emoting. How do I not have more shed skin Pokemon? It's what an ability. Yeah, but like the, like the ghost kind of com- combination with it. I'm like, look, yeah, 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 the snake shed, and now it's got like this... Inverted snake ghost. That could be cool. Yeah. Uh, guys, yeah. go, go, go with the story. Go Here's the story. your spoiler warning. All right. It has been years since anyone has been the master of the mansion. The previous mansion's owners have been driven out by terrible misfortune and calamity. The only one remaining there is the maid, dutifully waiting for her next master to appear. Lonely, watching, but never able to truly smile. Eventually... She finds a wild beast in her mansion, growling, snarling. It clutches its sword, and it charges directly at her. But she has no emotion. She has no fear. She simply smiles and asks the creature if it would like to be the house's new master, if he is the one that she has been waiting for. The beast continues to growl unintelligibly, until eventually she continues trying to pretty it up, to put clothing on it, to teach it human language, to make it less than a simple growling beast. She asks its name, and it can only reply, Bestia. In time, they find comfort. They're able to pull the weeds from outside of the manor. They're able to create this house that has fallen into disrepair, into something a bit more presentable. This house is well known as a witch's house, after all, cursed by those around them to never be approached unless in need of great desperation of a miracle from the witch presiding. The maid, of course, is not a witch. She is a maid. Why would you need that? But this allows the beast time to grow, to gain human language, to present himself as a man, to disguise himself as a man and the beast begins to remember he remembers being tied down at the local village he remembers begging for water for food and being thrown out of buildings being told that they can't understand him being 
laughed at, ridiculed, beaten, chased out, blamed for the village's calamities and failings of the harvest, being called a simple beast. So, he forsook anything other than being a beast. It became much easier to be a beast. Eventually, a trader found his way to the house. Man from a foreign land selling various things, various accoutrements. The beast, for once, answers the door, dressed as a human. At first, the man recoils, but then says, Whoa, you gave me a bit of a start there. Um, I, I've, I've lost my way considerably. I, I apologize. Can you offer me some, some food, some water? And I'll, I'll be on my way very shortly. And the beast is happy to accept. He's glad to. To be able to talk to someone other than the maid. To live. To breathe. To share a dinner with someone for the first time in his life. And so he does. And he begins talking with the trader and seeing what they have. And then the trader going, oh, of course, I'm glad that I found this place before the beast could find me. They say a horrible beast lurks these forests. Cruel, unimaginable pain. And in that moment, Bestia, <laughs> all of its memories start flaring up again. And it smiles. And it laughs. And it grins with a grin that wasn't of heartbreak or pain but of inevitability laughing so so glad that someone would tell him what he was again and so he cut the traitor down piece to piece as he begged for his life saying that no no there's someone waiting for me there's someone waiting for me at home. I can't abandon her. There's nothing that I could do to abandon her. Please, please let me live. And Bestia smiled and go, why should a beast care about that? And he cut the man open, played with his entrails, asked the maid to cut him up, make him into a stew, feast on his blood and bones, and indulge just a little while longer. Now, that trader did, in fact, have someone promised to him. A woman in a far-off seaside town, waiting for someone to come. Years, who's been out at sea for years. A man from a foreign land who's won her heart. And yet her mother has to inform her that, sadly, he has passed away. He's been lost at sea. No one knows where he is, and he has to be presumed dead. Now... In time, more people come to the mansion, the beast glad to invite them into his dining hall, take care of them, let them go to bed, and make sure that he tears them to pieces just as they're lying in sleep, just as they feel that they've had this little bit of respite, just that one ability to watch them beg for their lives, to call him a monster, to scream and shout, to proclaim his inhumanity to the world, and then tear them to pieces. Until one day, he hears a knock at the door, and therein arrives, therein arrives a white-haired girl, girl of pure white hair, vibrant red eyes staring directly at him and at first he thinks oh well 
This is just another nice thing. Her, this is the mansion granting my wish. <laughs> they all wished for a little salvation, and I gave it to them. This is mine, looking for the greatest high. Look at someone so pure. How deeply I can defile them. How dramatically I can ruin every bit of them. But the girl is blind. She can't see a beast. Even when he comes to her bedside at night, sword drawn, fangs bared, she can't see him. She can't see a beast. She only sees a gentleman who would better yet serve her, be kind to her. And she said, you given me a great kindness. You've shown me kindness when no one else would. I'm blind. My appearance frightens people. I'm, I'm even called a witch. So if my death would bring you joy, then by all means, go for it. And Bestia relents. He can't bring himself to kill this woman. This woman who brings him peace, who tethers him to this world, who makes him feel like a man who can tell him that he is a human. So, he lets her live with him. They share a life together. They smile together. Everything is all right. He's, it's a simple life. He doesn't get the thrill that he gets from the kill. He doesn't get that genuine pleasure, that beautiful enjoyment of killing another life, of extinguishing that, of the one thing that he truly wants, the one thing that gets him excited, because matters of the flesh, matters of romance don't matter to him. The only thing that can get him going is the kill. But this is peaceful. This is different. Someone needs him. Someone asks for him, and that's harder, but it's worth it to him. So he's able to have a life, unaware that the first man that he killed has left someone behind of their own, who's gone off on her own to look for him, across villages to lands that she never knew, trying to befriend people, always having a positive attitude, always reminiscing on the love that she lost, but never finding him. And while this truly, genuinely good woman struggles, the bestia is allowed to continue living, continue finding joy and happiness, until one day, once again, someone knocks at the door, but He's ready to show them kindness. He's ready to find someone else to connect to. He's ready to go and prove that, no, he passes as a man. He can live as a man. And he opens the door and he finds a second beast. And he recoils and he begs for it to go away. He can't stand the look of it, the sight of it. Speaking in a tongue that he cannot understand. He recoils, hearing the beast's language repeated back at him, unable to connect, but it desperately reaches out for him. It continues into the house with him. He begs for the white-haired girl to stay in her room as the beast comes closer and closer, its claws reaching out. And he cuts it. He cuts the beast in two. He kills the creature. 
It continues reaching for him. He cuts it again and again and again and again and again until there is nothing left but husks of meat. The white-haired girl looks outside the room and the bestia looks at him and he asks her and he begs her, tell me that I did it for you. Tell me that you needed this, that I protected you. I am a man. You could probably infer a couple of things from that, but um, I will not confirm them here. The story goes into greater detail and uh, eventually has a resolution that is quite tragic for all parties involved here. But I hope that gives you a taste of the sort of things, the sort of depths, the sort of feelings that the house in Fata Morgana evokes. And I hope that, you know, if that interests you, that... You know, it's a good read. It's a nice, not comfortable read, but one that lets you introspectively reflect on yourself. And I think it's available on Switch, PS4, and Steam. So, like, you got options. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, th- that's my sell on a visual novel. Thank you for your time. Oh, yeah, that, that was compelling. Like, I love it when you can listen to a story and, like, dissect like four separate morals it's teaching you simultaneously and just watching them grow and evolve as the story shifts just now yeah you 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 hooked me i don't know if i have time for a visual (laughs) novel right now but yeah yeah i i took me about like to get through the whole thing and this is a beefy one about 32 hours but the chapters themselves like that's about like three four hours a chapter and I gave you probably like two and a half hours of reading in that retelling. So, okay, okay. But yeah, do th- do that with good music, good art, good character portraits. And again, that's the one I like the least. Wow. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's the one that made me least go. Oh shit! Oh fuck. I I was going. Oh shit! Oh fuck! While you were reading that, so. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine. Yeah. If you want me to confirm anything after, by all means. <laughs> all right. Future sight. Future sight. All right. What news have we got for today? Well. Speaking of the limits of human depravity, boy oh boy, unity, huh? Oh, sh- oh f- god damn it! I thought that story <laughs> was behind. Yeah, no, talk about unity. <laughs> it's been such a fascinating evolution, though. So, for those of you unaware, unity did a big uh oh fucko and uh, created a system where no one will trust them ever again. No, yeah. They they destroy themselves pretty pretty thoroughly. So to uh, give a timeline, um, right before Unity made a big announcement, the three major shareholders of the company stole uh, not stole sold a lot of their stock. Mm-hmm. Because you know they're about to make a wildly unpopular announcement. So. Gosh, this has developed so many times, so please correct me if I'm getting any details incorrect. I don't feel like I know enough. I, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> but go okay, for it. So basically, Unity went, hey, so 
guess what, um, if you happen to use our engine, we're going to need uh, a little bit of money in return. And how are they getting that money? Oh, by, oh, well, of course, by looking at the download metrics. Every time that you download a game, they'll just take like, just, just 20 cents. Which, just 20 cents no, per download. That doesn't work. That's now, not the metric. You know, you know, like you could consider that per purchase, but no, 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 no. It's it's okay. It's okay. Unity is like, it's all right if someone downloads a game and then uninstalls it and downloads it. That counts as two downloads. Wait, no, I lied. That counts as one download. But if they download it to different devices, every individual device is a download. Oh, because that's and how so are they doing this? Better. How are they tracking you down with that? Oh, well, with pirated technology, of course. With good tech that goes deep in and is probably not suited for any sort of consumer use. Now this yep. screws a significant deal of indie developers, of course. Where Unity is a great platform to evolve on and do various things with. You know, it's just simple. It's what people have used very well. So it came into the effect that they, that a lot of indie developers would actively lose money if they release their video games. So this will come into effect at the start of next year. So basically they have to finish all of their video games, release them all, and then take them down at the end of the year. That is the only option for them. Mm -hmm. And then remake them in a different engine. Which is so now, much, that's so much, I, I, I get it, but that's so, that's just mean. Now, do you happen to know a couple of games that are made on Unity that, you know, maybe would be downloaded frequently? I, I don't pay much attention to like, the individual ones, but I know there's a lot. No, 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 it's, it's, it's okay, it's okay. Um, just, just, to, just to think of a, a couple ones, um, Genshin Impact. That'll go well. Yeah, so that that would go pretty, pretty well. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that maybe the biggest free game is quite enough. So why don't we toss in a Pokemon? Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are made in Unity. Did not know that. Okay. So, you know, how great would it for Nintendo's lawyers and the Genshin lawyers to team up and take down Unity? And how much is this going to hurt services like Game Pass or PlayStation Plus? Wherein they stated, no, 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 the carrier has to pay that fee if you're not getting a sale. Oh, yeah, just throw obviously. Microsoft in for good measure, too. Throw Microsoft in, throw Sony in. You know what? What, what other game could be on Unity? Uh, how about Marvel Snap? <laughs> there are simpler ways to commit suicide. Can you imagine going up against Microsoft, Nintendo, and Disney's lawyers simultaneously? No, I, I actually cannot picture that. That is outside the realm of my imagination. Now, naturally, everyone got really, really upset about this. No. There are multiple indie studios, you know, saying out in that. But you know what? It's fine. It's okay. Because Unity 
they're they got you covered because they're going to offer you a 100% fee waiver as long as you use Unity's in-house ad platform. This wildly so, unpopular what? decision existed to cut other ad platforms out as a middleman and enforce it in games that would otherwise not have them. Basically just foring you to have advertisements for other things in your game if you wanted to avoid Forcing you this to have other advertisements that directly support Unity. That's God, I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in the meeting following the announcement of that. J just how did yeah. what thought processes made it okay and what? No, 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 no. Don't worry. Don't worry. Because obviously, like, there are charitable organizations that download a lot of games and Unity is not going to charge you for that. Like, obviously, um, there are a couple that don't apply, though. Um, oh, okay, so, okay. like, if if you were going to download video games for uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, that that's not a charity. That's a business. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's course, still, course. you know, yeah, uh, obviously, yeah, obviously. obviously. Um, yeah, also, um, a children's hospital. No, it's, that's a political organization. A children's hospital is a political organization, based on Unity's statement, of course. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just, just, just the disease children party was getting way out of hand. We can't, we can't show. show yeah, sides it was, it on was this just issue. too great. My, my God, those diseased children aren't going to pay twenty they hold cents so for much download. Power. Gosh. God, children I mean, are our future. Cent, really? Yeah, God, and they God. won't pay 20 cents? Ungrateful. Gotta teach them that lesson. Builds character. Yeah, with that said, the Terraria devs were like cold as fuck to this in the best I way possible. I did see that. And that, I love Because there's the meeting so platform Godot. Mm -hmm. And they, they added $100,000 to fund Godot. Plus $1,000 as long as competing engines remain good people. Now, this was wildly, wildly unpopular. So, of course, Unity, they had an announcement and said, we're sorry. Of course, of course, we didn't mean it like that. But we had we had bad communication with it. We're very sorry. So, you know what? It's here's the thing here's the thing if you don't pass a one million dollar threshold you don't have to worry about it this is just for this specific targeted platform you're fine you're okay it doesn't matter so all those we little only indie devs that were worrying legal drama and not anything else yeah, yeah 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 all those little indie devs are no it's okay you can come back we will never do anything like this in the future you have every reason to trust us It's not like Hollow Knight still an indie dev to that's trust that popular, you. and that would still just nuke them so hard. But no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Oh God, Silk Song is in Unity, isn't it? It probably that would delay Silk Song, wouldn't it? Yep. Oh man. Oh geez, Rick. <sighs> but there is there is a nice silver lining because you want to know who this was all headed by. Who was this all headed by? Good old Mr. John Riccatello. Does that name ring any bells to you? 
does not ring a bell. Alrighty. Well, that's an individual who said that, you know, we should probably add to Battlefield a system where, you know, players have to pay per reload after a certain amount of time. Because they'll just be so invested that that reload will mean that much more to them. What? I've never heard this story. <laughs> uh, this is also the gentleman that ruined the collaboration that ended up as Shadows of the Damned between Shinji Mikami and Suda51. And he is the gen- he is the businessman that Travis Touchdown murders in a No More Heroes <laughs> game. This is the former CEO of EA who was too greedy for EA, so he was fired. He's been over to Unity. Oh, that's. Uh, that's he has so been funny. let go from Unity. No. <laughs> I can't imagine why. So it's okay, guys. The bad man is gone. You can go back to Unity. It'll, it'll be fascinating to see if. Like, can the company even survive? No. No. Have you ever seen someone burn every single bridge in the industry? Not this poorly, and I'm just kind of... Can you wait for Riccatello to look at that empty spot in the Sony lineage and go, Hey guys, listen. I have some credentials. I have some ideas for you. Oh god. Can you wait for the future? They'd be like, people love Sony IPs. So in order to officially use fan art, you're going to have to pay us 20 cents for every piece of fan art out there of Kratos. And you know what? People will love it. We'll officially endorse it. If you love our products, if you love The Last of Us, if you love God of War that much, you'll pay it because it doesn't matter. I don't know. I was trying to think of the most evil thing I could think of, and that was that. <laughs> Yeah, just just a, a bit. The, the 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 House of Fate Morgana kind of just burnt you out, and that that was the that was the that was the tipping point for you. Yeah, it was like corporate evil. The corporation. Yeah. No, no, no. We're we're a kind corporation. Oh yeah, sure, sure, be, sure. No, no. We have a witch. We hire witches. We're very good. <laughs> That's where the hen blocks come from. Okay, sure. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, it'll be it'll be at least fun to watch the the ship sink. Yep. Sure will. Uh, yeah, I don't have a good transition for this. That, uh, my I, next thing is the PlayStation Stay to Play. That sure did exist. I don't remember anything that was shown there. Uh there are only two things I remember, which was uh Baby Steps. Oh right. Which, <laughs> Which is sure, damn, you have one joke, guy who made Quop. It's a good joke, though. Yeah, there, there was also the, the FF7 trailer, too, though. I remember yes, that. Yes, and FF7, and that had Cloud on a segue. And the gayest Sephiroth I have ever seen. <laughs> oh, oh my right god. It, it does look... Gosh, going to Golden Saucer and just seeing all the minigames there. Yes. Like, I don't care about Final Fantasy VII, but it feels so good seeing just a game be 
reconstructed with so much love put into every little detail. I'm glad that they kept all of the goofy shit. When you look at it and you see there's the dolphin. We're doing the dolphin game again. Look at him with Yuffie. It's like, yeah. Gotta make sure you have the mini game where you're marching in time with the rest of the soldiers. Exactly. We're probably going to have a mission with Hojo on the beach where we have to do like a hostess simulator to distract it. I don't fucking know. Hmm. Just this horrible war criminal lounging on the beach in his lab coat. That's going to be in there. <laughs> uh, How long do you think the Colm flashback is going to be? Uh, uh, oh, I barely remember that part of the game. Longer than you'll expect. <laughs> <laughs> like how much additional content do we get of Tifa in cowboy outfit? As much as they can milk that for. At least an hour and a half, if not more. But no, gosh, we got the chocobo racing. We got Red 13 riding a chocobo. (laughs) We are 100%ing that scene where we stuff Red 13 into a human suit and try to get him to walk. Oh, yes! Oh, I can't wait to see that. We have what is clearly Matthew Mercer as Vincent. Oh, right, yeah, I'm not listening to the audio right now, but the second you said that, like, you know, that's totally his voice. There's there's no way it's not. There's no shot that it's anyone else. Uh, we have the erasure of the Gaelic language. Oh, yeah. Ah, it's like, I, I, I get the frustration, but when you react that poorly to it, it just drives people to... You gotta have some it chill does, with this kind of stuff. But, Come on, guys. It... At the same time, it is deleting a language. Like, of things to get what's, upset what's about, the correct one? I would. I, I, oh, gosh, I've always pronounced it Kate Sif. I don't know oh, if gosh, that's the I, I'm going to say it wrong. I know it's like, I think it's like Keishi. Hey, okay. I, I don't answer the she, but. Keishi. But I, I forget the actual pronunciation of the first. Yeah, like, I, it's it's such a... I want to talk about this at some point whenever I make that culture video, but I absolutely get behind that, but when you get that harsh of a reaction to it, it scares people off from just trying anymore. And we just get the same European settings over and over again because nobody wants to touch any of the things anymore. Yeah, but, like, at the same time, the people who are at the other side of the argument are still calling her heiress. Isn't that just like a language? Like one in Japanese, one is, I, I have no idea. N- no, because the pun is that her name is a play on Earth. Oh. Oh! I never got that. Okay. Because she's she's the Cetra spirit, okay, literally yeah, connected yeah, to the Earth. Sense. And, you know, it would be pronounced as Erisu, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which okay. could very easily be pronounced either way, but it was very much intended to be a pun. Okay, okay. But these are people who have had a losing argument since 2002 going, see, we got this one, and all we had to do was kill a language. (laughs) I don't know. I always call him Meowser, but... (laughs) Uh, Okay, uh, then... 
Uh, the Nintendo Direct, because that happened. Oh, right. That that feels like it was longer ago. Th- that was about a month ago. Oh, yeah. That, okay. But, right, right, right. Yeah, uh, we had a full reaction, so you guys could probably see it. Um, I make was... good noises in it throughout. That The Mario vs. Donkey Kong reveal was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just monkey's paw. Uh, I can feel crown. it curling. Looks cool. There's Spikes family. I love that show. Super yep, Mario same thing. Looks cool. Princess Peach yep, Showtime fights still looks are a cool. great addition. Oh, dude, Showtime! Oh, I'm so glad. Again, Barbie Peach, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks good no matter what her art looks like. <laughs> right, I saw that. Uh, what? I, I, I'm sorry that her head looks less empty. Like what? Well, there, it's too nuanced of a debate for me to get into. I see some points of it, of just Princess Peach as a celebration of femininity. It's, but at the same time, like... Proportion. Yeah, I... I, I well, what it's an argument look? on the internet. Of course it is. That just makes Princess it harder Peach, to have those Princess Peach raising her eyebrow supports the patriarchy, obviously. <laughs> but... I don't know, like... I'm glad to see her have different expressions after, like, 15 years of that peach render, you know the one. Hmm. And this having a very similar expression to that peach render, you know the one that was in everything. But yeah, anyway, the Anya Forger simulator looks nice. This was where F-Zero F-99 was announced, which, like, yeah. This was where, Yeah. Uh, trombone champ coming to switch that's good uh unicorn overlord the tactical rpg by vanilla oh right that's the, i was trying to think of there's one game that caught my eye that just wasn't very that that gave some like old like armor games kind of vibes with a really high budget and i kind of love oh. the look of this one. Oh, dude uh you should go through some of the vanillaware catalog they're the people who did like odin's fear and dragon's crown and 13 sentinels it just, just and, like uh, weird like realistic fire emblem art style I'm, I'm digging it yes they've always had the most beautiful art style don't know if i like it like tactic games are either you really hit or you really miss mm-hmm. uh dave the diver is on switch now so neat uh warioware lets you move it up your arse which is great <laughs> As you're able to stick the Joy-Con controller partially in your butt to make a pose. Why not? Sure. Yeah, d- dude, I love smooth moves. Getting a sequel to smooth moves is great. That's my favorite WarioWare by far. Oh, d- forgot the most important. I- Diddy Kong. Mario Kart. Well, yes, I'm getting to there. That's that's a more important <laughs> announcement, so he's toward the end. <laughs> Just sitting here, can you imagine it taking five more years for Diddy Kong to get into Mario Kart than King K. Rule getting into Super Smash Brothers? <laughs> Compared to two games that were released in 2014 where both of those characters were requested. It, it shocks me they don't try to do more with this. Like, wouldn't this just print money just to keep throwing characters on? The characters aren't can't be that hard to make for a Mario Kart game. Yeah, and Funky is back. I love Funky. Yeah, he's great. He's my favorite war criminal out of the Donkey Kong cast. 
else was there? Manga stuff, Ward Roof 2, glad that exists, even though it's... The, uh, the Nintendo Gallery will be completed in March 2024. Oh, right, that was a fun little announcement. I love it when they do little things yeah. like that. I was like, ooh, cool. Trivia, I like this. Yeah. And then, you know... Ah! God, I, I wish I could share in the excitement. I, I, it's just not there. I, I understand the legacy of the game. I love Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door so much. And again, what, what, like what have I said with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? Even though I, I'm not there myself, it does feel so good just to see something being treated so well in its reconstruction. Because this is this is just beautiful. Yes. After like 15 years since this, since they changed direction, we can finally have a good Paper Mario game that focuses more on the paper mechanics and the aesthetic. They just had to go and copy the same story again to get the. They say it just had to be the same one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't disparage anyone who likes the new Paper Mario games. They're definitely going for a different story, and I am I'm cooking a project related to Thousand Year Door right now to just sort of express what it does uniquely and differently mm -hmm. that makes it so resonant to so many people yeah 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 so i have a script cooking on that look forward to it very nice uh, we love vivian marshadow i love vivian too but i love flavio the most I think that's a good overview of the direct, at least. Yeah, I think that was everything. Like, I, I think that it's... Oh, well, Splatoon 3 as well, and the Nier Automata stuff looks good. I, I, but, I like... Happy for the people, but I can't pretend like it's going to get me into the game. I, I, need, to, I need to find an entry point to Splatoon at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I need... I think it's maybe, like a, maybe like a spin-off or something. I don't know. Yep. I, uh, what else we got? Uh, so there was recently a big leak at uh, Xbox that showed like a bunch of underground emails between them, like paper trails and whatnot, Ooh. which was bad. And just this is me just saying I don't really like leaks in the current culture because they're too good. Like you're presenting us actually factual information way too often. So there is no excitement on if it is fake. People just get upset early. Mm. I want leakers to start being worse at their jobs, which isn't even their jobs is just giving illegal information. Ah, uh -huh. but I want you to put in more falsehoods so you are less credible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sure. That way it remains fun, but some people still get to be smug. Be fun leaks. I want leaks like that Star Fox racing game from 2017 that was literally nothing. They just start like teasing their leaks. Like Nintendo. That Direct. was just like, we're going someone to... made it up and IGN rolled with it. I want that. With that said, it does give us the funniest paper trail of why Yakuza was exclusive to Xbox for a while. Okay, I don't know anything behind the stories. So I'm excited to Okay, so, just from a list from a person, took me a minute, but 
Sony had exclusivity in Japan. Because of this exclusivity, Sega couldn't release the Series X version in Japan. Microsoft has a parity clause with Sega, so they couldn't be there couldn't be a PS5 version without a Series X version. Mm. Since there is no Series X version because of Sony's exclusivity, there can't be a PS5 version. <laughs> this only affects Japan, so Sega is free to release the Series X version in North America. But they cannot release the PS5 version because they can't release it in Japan until the Series X version releases. Just this weird legal web of consequences. <laughs> This is why Like a Dragon struggled to get a PS5 version. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Speaking of Yakuza, uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, holy shit, that is my most anticipated game now. Grab the trailer. There we go. Because I sent you that gameplay trailer, and it was like, damn. All the time. No, yeah, that that that's that's some goofy ass shit over there. I I love Pokemon, the... but with just drunken middle aged men. Yes, they are beautiful. I love them. Um, the fact that this game has a crazy taxi mode that is combined with being a DoorDash delivery driver, that's combined with doing sick bike tricks, is the best thing in the world to me for a sub mode. Mm. And they're bringing back homeless Pac Man. That's great. It looks so vibrant. The fact that Kiryu is playable and just at any time can go, I am done with this game being turn-based. I am going to punch people in the face. <laughs> is the most beautiful and perfectly Kiryu thing in the world. I have not seen anything on this game's story trailers because I do not care to have any bits of the story spoiled for me um however i do know that danny trejo is in the game <laughs> sure why not and also uh gentlemen I, I can't remember his name he has three names i, I want to it's not daniel day lewis no of course not no i don't know actors uh the guy who plays uh johnny gat oh okay i don't know the name either but i know yeah. what you're talking about yes which is very funny because he plays the villain in the uh, TV series The Good Doctor, mm -hmm. which is that awful series about the doctor whose superpower is he has autism. Right. <laughs> so I find it very, very funny that this actor is going to go up against Ichiban Kasuga. Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm watching, like, gameplay stuff right now, and just the part where they're explaining, like, classes, but it's just, like, yes. surfer made with a vacuum Oh, yeah, no, it, it was like that in the first game. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's just a super move where he sets up a couch, jumps up, does the dry paint... Lounges like on the couch, the couch, yes! And it drops on you. <laughs> Uh, gosh, it's such it's, a time commitment, so it's so hard to, like, decide if I want to get into it, but I know I need to at some point. It is too fun not to get into. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I really love this game and like God, I loved Like a Dragon so, so much. And I'm like, oh, how can they top this? I have a couple of complaints, but oh, that's how they do it. <laughs> Just more. More of everything. Like, I I am so absolutely thrilled. Hawaii looks beautiful mm-hmm. and looks like a perfect place to take the series, especially since Hawaii has a large Japanese population just due to geolocation. Mm. So they can still actually make the story work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While still having fun. Oh, no, English. Oh, so looking forward to that. All right, it should be a fantastic game. I can't wait yep. to hear about you got shit. I know. I can't wait either. I can't wait to ignore Persona 3 in favor of it. <laughs> I don't know what Sega's thinking. They're releasing like two weeks of each other. <laughs> sure. Because people have a lot of time. Who do we want to take inspiration from? Let's look at the lesson of Titanfall 2 here. Like, we, we really want to emulate... How that became a cult classic, despite making no money whatsoever. They're actually just trying to set up for the Battle Royale for Persona. They're just trying to follow the same. Oh, thank God. Yeah. But no, they already have a royal game. I can't have two. (laughs) That was awful. It sure was. Um, EA is finished with Wild Hearts six months after the game's release. Remind me what this game... It's uh the monster. Oh no! Come the fuck you! No, they're done. Come on! No, it's good. They're done. I'm so excited. Just I wasn't gonna play it, but I just like the idea of more people trying this and seeing what other things they could bring into it. But no, it's 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 done. (sighs) Yeah, Monster Hunter isn't popular anymore. We tried it, and no one bought. So, like, who cares? I mean, to be fair, that is a hard juggernaut to compete with. Like, Monster yeah, Hunter no, 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 is no. so ambitious with everything they try to do. And There's always EA... been this, this sentiment that I believe, I think Tommy Tallarico said it. And, like, he's a piece of shit, but he also says some things sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he says, okay, there's enough for two in the games industry there is whoever is the number one and the competing product and then everything else will be swallowed at the bottom so i understand trying to get the number two with that said tommy tallarico was saying that in reference to and compared to Fortnite, radical heights is gonna be that number two baby (laughs) i mean yeah don't, don't you know the cultural impact that radical heights has had obviously yeah it gave me a good laugh so culturally, it's very important. That's such a shame. I like. I really like the creature designs in this game. I would love to see them kind of expand yeah. more with it. Ah, ah, well. EA does what EA does best. Yeah, but you know who we won't be seeing for a while? Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, Hideki I mean, he's gone. He'll go somewhere else. Probably. has left Platinum Games effective October 12th. He then immediately released a YouTube video saying that this is my YouTube channel now. Um, I can't, I have a no compete clause and I can't make video games for a year. Oh. Well. That's. 
garbage. Okay. How long until Platinum either goes bankrupt or gets bought by another company? I they'll definitely get bought out by another company. That that is H- the, how much time? How much time you give it? Uh, what are they working on right now? Are, do we know about any of the games uh, they're right that, now? That Tokusatsu game that Kamiya was heading? <laughs> it's it's not going to be long. <laughs> Months, I would honestly guess. Um, some more gas games, I think, were in the pipeline. Do we know why, or is this just the realm of speculation? This is the realm of speculation. This is we wish him well on his future endeavors. I I believe he has said something like his vision was not hospitable to the current environment. So he left. I would love if Microsoft swooped in to buy it and just got scale bound back. (laughs) That's not going to happen. No, it's not. It's not. But it'd be funny. Like looking at Platinum's track record, I'm starting to think. Maybe there was a reason that Scalebound was canceled. Yeah, but where my brain is at right now is like, how how much is that studio even worth right now? Because the games are so polarizing between quality and like the cool ideas they have, but the bad shit as well, and also how will they the sell, st- which is not well. Oh, you mean the studios whose most recent releases were Wonderful 101 DLC, Babylon's Fall, and <gasps> Bayonetta 3? Yeah, I don't I don't know what happens there. Cuz like do you just buy it for the brands and then dissolve it? I don't fucking know. How funny would it be for Hideki Kamiya to return to Capcom <laughs> two decades after burning all of his bridges, walking back into the office and going, OK, I made Resident Evil 2. What the fuck is up? That that would that would be. Gosh, I don't know if that would work, but that would I be don't something. think it would. I think. But like all the people that he hated are gone. That's true. Wasn't Astral Chain? Oh, yeah, Astral Astral Chain Chain Platinum? Yeah, Astral Chain was, but that was years ago. I'm talking there's like two Bayonetta games, neither of which were received well. A game as a service game that collapsed and a Kickstarter mandated DLC for Wonderful 101. Yeah, that. that, How many years? I don't know. Wasn't it like. Astral Chain was pre-pandemic, right? It, it was pre It was before... I think it was before Smash Brothers Ultimate. So okay. Yeah, so maybe? 2018. 2018. Some, somewhere in that area. Yeah, it, it definitely it, it, wasn't Switch release year. Mm-hmm. Maybe 2019. So it, it was either 2018 or 2019. So five years. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be an interesting company to look at just to see what the hell happens to them. Yeah. The new Devil May Cry anime looks awesome. Uh, from the like the five ten seconds. seconds they showed of oh, it, yeah, you, yeah, you saw Dante's face. That, they sure did combine every Dante into one Dante. 
That is Dante. Oh, oh. On, on that note, though, we I, we don't have this on the docket, but I, I physically need to talk about this because in that set oh, yeah, of go, things go, that go were it, announced, yeah, yeah. What what was the show called? I I com- it completely passed me by because I didn't know. Oh yes, that one, that one, that one. Yeah, it. Uh, uh, Laserhawk, Captain Laserhawk, something like that. Oh, oh yes, uh, yes, uh, Blood Dragon, Laserhawk, or something. I, I know it's based on Far Cry Blood, Blood Dragon. But. Yeah, it, it's like it, it's so funny because I saw people posting screenshots of the the obvious thing I would be interested about of that show, but uh-huh. I'm so disconnected from it that I thought it was just some sort of weird like fan art kind of deal. Like, oh yeah, here's this character mm-hmm. in a suit. You send me the trailer. I was like, okay, like, he doesn't reach out to me often with just things like that. I'll watch this. With like, no context. No context. I'm just kind of watching, like, okay, it's like this cyberpunk kind of deal. Sure. I, I missed the Ubisoft logo as well. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why, but I, I never tracked it. And then just Rayman just at a news desk in a suit just pre- <laughs> In this, like, Hunger Games, whatever the, whatever that dude's, the presenter's role was, and he's just yes. here! What the fuck? <laughs> I've, I don't know if I've ever had so much whiplash. I've just been like, okay, this is, this, this is nothing to be, this is the only thing I care about in this moment. <laughs> This was the exact hope that I had for you in seeing that. God, I. On one hand, wow, no Ubisoft just won't do anything with Rayman involving like a game of his own. But at the same time, it's the dumbest shit that's completely unlike anything he's ever done before. Which in a weird way circles back to being perfect for him. And it, it works for the character. Yeah, it, it took me a second to get acclimated to it, but I, like, I, I'm I'm down for this. Like, this is dumb. This is the weirdest crossover I've ever seen. But like, Assassin's Creed, but frog. What if the rabbits were giant zombie kaiju's? Like, sure, yeah, I'm down. I'll watch this. There was a couple years back, um, a free dating sim called uh, Namco High. <laughs> where you were just like a little Katamari man and you could date various Namco characters. And in every single route, uh, Pac-Man would descend from the heavens and tell you to be true to yourself at the most critical moment of your story. And like, that's the kind of hope I have for Rayman. Just be that for Ubisoft. Just like, he can do anything. We're just going to shove him in. No, I, I Honestly, I love that interpretation of him. He's a literal dream. You can do yes. whatever you want with him. It will work. You just gotta just gotta have fun with it. He's a dream. He's fun. That that's those are the two criteria. Mm-hmm. Eight bit wise man, I blocked out the Homestuck characters. Please don't drag me back in. <laughs> I bounced off of Homestuck like four times. I tried really hard. My friends also tried really hard. It doesn't work. Don't bring me back in. Wasn't the Galaga ship an available romance character? Yes, they were the head of the drama department and everyone wanted them. Their pixels were very attractive. All right, what else we got? Uh, SAG-AFTRA authorizes a video game strike with 90% of its vote approving. 
Shot. This means Shot. it hasn't gone into effect yet, but voice actors will be striking for better wages across um, various video games. Now, this does affect us somewhat as you know, content creators as purchasing these games like the work is already done. That's totally fine. The issue comes from talking about these games, streaming these games. That can be seen as the equivalent of crossing the picket line. Which is a bit of a difficulty. And just like being so sensitive to um, voice acting things, that's something I struggle with. But um, to list the companies involved in this, Activision Productions Incorporated, Blind Light LLC, Disney Character Voices Incorporated, Electronic Arts Productions Incorporated, Formosa Interactive LLC, Insomniac Games Incorporated, Epic Games, Take-Two Productions Inc., VoiceWorks Productions Incorporated, and WB Games Incorporated. Most of those are minor impact for us. Uh, the one that probably is the highest impact is Insomniac. I don't have a PS5. I'm not going to be able to play Spider-Man 2 okay, for a cool. long time. Cool, great. Neither am I. Is this good or bad? This is good. Um, this it's, is... It, it's a good response to a is, bad situation. Yes, it is responding and creating a proper unionization for... Uh, essentially workers to get paid more for the work they do the issue of course being that in the interim there is going to be a lot less work done and it will slow video games getting to you essentially yes which you know is overall how you hurt larger companies and is a good and effective way of doing it. That's why the U.S. has so many union-busting techniques. Like, we are the best at that. Mm -hmm. But, like, eh, it's going to be a little difficult. A little bit. But, like, I, I can't... I don't know enough about the situation to really... Yeah, I'd be stepping out of my comfort zone. I'm just glad it's happening because I know... That AI is a unstoppable train right now. You can complain about it all you want. Mm -hmm. It's going to keep growing no matter what yep. you do. So there needs to be rules in place that can. Keep yeah, there, there was recently a things. There was a bill produced recently by uh, SAG-AFTRA that I believe is the no fake actors or bleh, no fake actors clause, mm -hmm. which is it's explicitly designed to avoid the situation going on with ai voices of okay you hi we hire you on for this movie or game and then we can use your voice and likeness in perpetuity forever yeah which that that's not good i wish i could say it more succinctly or more poetically but it's just not yeah. good yeah so we're we're getting there but this is this is a growing pain step and this adds to just the general mistreatment of voice actors in the industry in general. And this is the step to correcting that, which is hard, but it is one that is very necessary and hopefully will result in better things for everyone except those on top, which is fine. Yeah. 
Uh, in lighter news, the Infinity Train creators tried really, really hard to make a Gex animated series. I'm shocked that didn't work. They got in the room with Square. They yeah. got to get, at least give the pitch. Got, in, got into that revolving door that is Square Enix's legal process. Well, yes, obviously, but like, damn. Like, they really pushed for it. I don't know if that like, would have been you... fun to see, but I would I would like to live in a timeline where that existed at least. Have you seen that one fan animation of like pretending that they found a lost '90s Gex animated series? I have not. That's like made perfect. Uh, let me see if I can find it for you, because that is a treat. Just completely made by one person, I believe. Let me see. Yeah, there it is. Ad blockers are not allowed on YouTube. Oh no. That can't stop me Google because Chrome I can't isn't read. On my computer. Oh no. Alright. Yeah, there's that. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just understand this is one hundred percent sold me on Gex. Okay, no, yeah, th this is this is great. This is great. Just just more of this, but also the Infinity Train people? Yes. <laughs> and give a shout out to the original channel. Um, Flippin' Ding Dong is the name of the channel. Dong. If, yeah, if there is another one, tell me in chat, and I will gladly shout out. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll play it. Just, uh, just, yeah. just a little bit. Okay. Just a little bit, just to give people an idea. Like, look at that. Yeah. That's cute. It's adorable. Wait, hang on. We're, we have a live audience. I can just post this in the chat. Yeah. What, what are you doing? I'm I'm <laughs> misunderstanding how this works. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Let's go for it. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, what else no, we what got? Do it? Um, sadly, um... We're going to have a fatality in just two days because on October 16th, uh, Netflix will end its support for the PlayStation Vita. It was the one thing that was keeping it alive, though. Well, you know, Vita means life. So, you know, it's just it's a tragedy, truly. Uh, may it continue on. May it rest in peace. Um the Switch doesn't have Netflix. <laughs> why? God, I, I would just love wanted to, know to point why. that out. Because I didn't think that anyone knew that the Vita had Netflix. So I wanted to point out it's had it for like 10 years, and yet the Switch does not. Gosh, now I just want to know. Ah, it's just, there's just not a list. I, Cause like, doesn't the Wii still have Netflix? Or at least the I think Wii. The Wii. Well, yeah, but those online services were discontinued. Oh, right, 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 right. But no, okay, yeah, just the last puppet string that was keeping the console alive. Yeah. Um. But you know who is alive? 
Uh, who would that be? That's right, professional wrestler Randy Orton. <laughs> He's very... Now, um, recently, uh, WWE had a bunch of roster cuts and layoffs, unfortunately, because Vince doesn't let people have nice things. Uh, this included the tag team of the Maximum Male Models, uh, Masse and Mansoor. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which is known as uh, Great Black Otaku on Twitch and is a prolific streamer and Twitter user. Okay. And after, like, I think, like, nine years in the WWE system, is finally freed from it. So this story comes courtesy of him. We're in multiple-time world champion, master of coming out of nowhere, Randall Keith Orton approaches the tag team backstage and is going, Hey, so you fellas, uh, you fellas like video games, huh? And they're like, yeah, Randy. Yeah, we like video games. Yeah, how about uh, how about that Elden Ring? They go, yeah, no, we like Elden Ring. It's a great game. We love play. We're playing it all the time. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it too. But really fucking hard though. Really fucking hard. And they go, yeah, it, it's hard. You know, that's part of the experience. It's like, yeah. It was, uh... Anyway, um, I found a kid and I paid him one thousand dollars to get me to the final level, and I whipped its ass. Amazing game. Amazing game. Which is to say that Randy Orton paid someone $1,000 to get him all of the runes in Elden Ring to the max level so that he could steamroll the entire game. I mean, sure. You want to get the power trip and you want to employ a kid for a little bit? Why not? I support this. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm not angry. I I just think it's really funny. And, like, he can afford it. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is the equivalent of me paying, like, a kid $20 to, like, give me a level 100 Blastoise or something. With their Game Shark. And I'm like, fine. Oh, yeah, sure. Actually, no, I I have one complaint. I wish he had recorded his Let's Play after that was done. Just showing his, (laughs) just sweeping through the entire game. Mm Mm-hmm. (sighs) <sighs> that that that's all I had to share about oh, yeah. that. It's a fun story. Yeah. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Um less fun though. Uh maybe fun. Who knows? Um the acquisition of Activision Blizzard went through. Microsoft now is in the final steps of securing that deal. It is it is finalized enough that they are actually advertising on their YouTube channel, which means they have yes. to walk that back if anything else happens, which I don't see Boswell too far every legal obstacle to it outside of like actually finalizing it now this does come with the news that bobby kodak will be staying on until the end of the year at which point he will be gonzo i believe yeah with the biggest golden parachute ever hey well, th- oh th- my th- god th- there's they the get... there's the opportunity for john what's his face to come in oh he, man he just dropped out of unity and now there's the perfect opportunity just to see how much worse you can make a situation uh, you know that scene from The Simpsons where Mo throws Barney out of the pub? Yes. And he just appears right behind him again. Just Kodak into Riccatello. That feels right. Maybe they'll just... Like 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 two neutron stars colliding. They'll just cancel each other out and we'll just never hear from them again. They try to start mm-hmm. their own company that's super financially successful and it just plummets. 
He's gone, baby. He sure is. After having like two years to pad his exit with as much cash as he could, looking at Reggie's brilliant job of diving into the burning GameStop airplane, taking all of the money and diving out. And I, like, I can do that, but I'll set the airplane on fire first. I will say it was so much satisfaction. I've never seen people like leak through the industry. Just that the employees of a company are so excited for the person in charge. Not not like relieved or just anything. Outright, mm-hmm. just like celebration from J- Jason Schreier talking about that. That that was, I get a little bit of catharsis out of that. But yeah, I, I really do wish the best for all companies involved. Especially after hearing how many companies were thrust into layoffs and uh, unionizing. And being laid off for unionizing. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I guys, I don't have the energy to do that today. Like, there's, I did. I spent all my energy many. telling you a spooky ghost story. Like, just layoffs suck. But what can you do? Exactly. One hundred percent. It is an interesting yeah. situation. I'm. I'm. I'm sure we're not going to hear anything about what we're if it gets better or worse or what they're going to do with it until much later down the line. It, it, it did at least fill me with a nice sense of hope seeing Starcraft, the brand being treated as its own separate platform. It's so like, that's, that's nice. I'm, I'm, yeah. Like, I can get, I get a little excited about that. Maybe I hope, I don't know. Well, I mean, they still have entire countries that love it. So. Yeah. I, 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 Microsoft, like, there, there, there is. I, I know it's an empty husk, but if you just kind of just go through that husk and just fill it out, there is a perfect esports crossover game for you that you just need to just. just, just. If I see anything StarCraft interacting with Halo, I will lose my shit. Just, just, just <laughs> please. I don't know. Like. I have the most amount of animosity, and I don't think that this is going to end well out of this. At the same time, Banjo and Crash are in the same house now. Yes. It's one of those situations where I think it's healthy to expect just nothing or the worst, because there's so many things that can go wrong, and so many greedy executives trying to reach into everybody's pockets, but like... I also think it's healthy to get excited for a potential because that's seeing that's the only thing that's going to make those greedy executives pause for a moment and be like, oh, is there more profits there? I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> Why I'm is this so the tired thing to of get you story. upset. <laughs> You're so mad. And like, I got that mad about Mortal Kombat 1 and that made sense. I just, this is. I don't expect that out of you. These are the three. Like three or four pillars of my childhood right now, dude. StarCraft, Warcraft, Diablo. I want to believe I can have something of that back again that's in some realm of quality. I'm so tired of thinking about it. I'm so, so tired. I get you, I get you. Um, do you want a legal proceeding that will make you incredibly, incredibly happy? I would love a legal proceeding that would make me incredibly happy. Okay, so uh, how familiar are you with the uh, comic series Fables? Fables. 
I know Fable the game series. I'm not as... Uh, this is the comic series that the game uh, The Wolf Among Us is based on. Oh, yeah, I never watched, but I, I know I know reputation, I know reputation. It's one of my favorite comic series of all time. I mm. really, really love it. I have a couple of the collections, um, fantastic books. In any case, um, the creator of it, uh, Bill Willingham, has been, as you would expect, screwed by DC Comics. Like, he did not know Wolf Among Us was happening until it almost came out. Like, he has just been utterly gutted by this company. Mm -hmm. So he has legally fought for the exact rights and the exact determination of, okay, what do I own? And unfortunately, the only thing that he owns is complete creative control of his characters. DC can essentially do whatever they will with those characters but he's they have to like come from him essentially mm -hmm. so he reviewed it with his lawyers to make sure that this was possible and he declared fables is now public domain <laughs> he threw up his hands and he went you can have it you can have it everyone has big b wolf on a stripper pole now it's all yours Every single person you watching right now, you can make anything you want with the Fables characters and sell it. That's, gosh, it was kind of his only option, but at the same time, that's it is that's the, the most perfect nuclear nuclear option. But it is beautiful, and he said, "Oh yeah, I'm sure that there will be a bunch of people who do terrible things with this." But there will be some people who will go do good things with this. And that's better than no one doing any good with it at all. <laughs> nice. And he's like, I could fight them, but I'm getting old. I can't, I can't survive a legal battle. Like, I'm approaching my 70s. I can't do that. So it's yours. Just, just flips the double bird and says, peace. Go ahead. Take to the seas. You can find my treasure. It's all in one piece. <laughs> We've entered the great fable era. Ah, oh, it's glorious. I love that. That did make me feel better. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Like, between all of the issues and legal drama, I'm glad to have an opportunity where we can just universally go yeah that was pretty stone cold and fucking awesome yeah did wolf among us a release wolf among us one release wolf among us two is still in development but they just laid off most of the staff so i give it until march who knows can't wait for it to restart development again. In Whatever the end years. of the financial quarter is, that's when it's getting canceled. <laughs> Lovely. All right, you got any more news stories? No, that is the end of news stories. Uh, Goddamn, okay. this is going to be a packed month for game releases, though. I have a couple of my own, actually. Just oh, that's because right. You, that's right. You do have your own. I have to gush about Age of Empires because it is in my contract. It was the deal. Uh, Age of Empires 4 isn't dead, which shocked me. That, that was Microsoft's attempt at revitalizing the franchise after 15 years. 
didn't really work because it was kind of just the same setting as Age of Empires 2. Like, I, I talked about this before. It was more interesting for what it was trying to do historically, like mm -hmm. teaching you about various different things. Right, right, right. right. The actual gameplay. Uh, yeah. Still being expanded upon, which was nice. But the, it's... It's going in a direction where they're going back from the one thing that they had going for it, which was that historical stuff. Like, they're trying to be a little more fanciful with it. Like, okay, we're going to have a faction where Joan of Arc is a hero unit. You can upgrade her from a basic archer to a knight. And her last form has, like, a giant, like, blunderbuss-sized hand cannon. Which, on one hand, I love that. But at the same time, like, wasn't historical stuff, like, you're only... You, you now got, like... A Jade Empire faction for the Chinese? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I think the studio is doing poorly, and Age of Empires 2 is just doing better. But it's nice to see Microsoft at least still trying with RTSs. It's like one big hope with them getting Blizzard back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, Age of Empires 2 is getting yet another thing, because I am the luckiest person in the world, which means, unfortunately, I can no longer brag that Age of Empires, like, the full experience of Age of Empires 2 is costs less than a full game right now. It is, unfortunately, $75 now to get 23 years of content in a single game. Oh, so sad. It's just crippling. You, you only get, like, decades worth of work and the entire first game baked into it at the same time, because why not? Damn. Well, I don't know. Like, I guess Mortal Kombat 1 plus Shang Tsung is a little bit more expensive, and that's more worth it. But, you know, that's that's an okay deal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's 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 so funny. I've never been this excited about the Armenians in my life, but here we are. It's awesome. I love it. Best game to love. Uh, I do have a couple of other, like, RTS-related things, though. Okay. We're kind of starting to hit a point where people that grew up with the games are starting to make games. Now we're starting to get, like, mm -hmm. little offshoots in really cool ways. I wanted to just talk about a few of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, for one thing, the... I believe the name is Stormgate. The game that's being made by all the ex-Starcraft... The, the, the ex-Blizzard people that went to their yes, own Yes, 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 with the most generic name in the world. Yep. But just a small thing. They were getting the Command & Conquer composer to do the music for it, and it's just... I, I I still have a few complaints with, like, sound design, but I would really, really love for this just to become a just a nexus of all the people that have made RTSs in their one banner just because it's become such a rare genre. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be what it's building towards, and I would like this to continue. Please, thank you very much. Uh, but more interestingly for me was a game called Zero Space. Uh, because I there's a couple of RTS content creators that will... Uh, I've talked about this a couple of times, that will actively fundraise creating custom campaigns for games, like actually doing fundraisers right. to actually let people be employed just making mods for games, which is so cool. It's one of my yes. favorite community things I've ever seen. Uh, those creators have gotten together to just make a game of their own. They've been working on it for oh, years. Well, okay. Damn. Good. Yeah, it's like an early access, like, I can't remember if it's like the end of this year. I think it's the end of this year for like an alpha test okay but like they threw it up on kickstarter just to get through the last hurdles of development and they crushed a hundred thousand <laughs> goal in like hours good which is like that that's so cool to see just creators actually being able to like build up enough of like the leadership skills of running games through these bonding programs to be like wait a second this this kind of just translates over let's just let's just make a game 
yeah. all the cool ideas they have. And they did, and that's awesome. I love it. No, that's super sick. Also, just a very small thing, but gosh, are those Street Fighter Six costumes sexy as hell. Aren't I just, they? I just want to mention that. Oh, I'm so upset I didn't get to touch Aki this month, but I want to. <laughs> just, no, I'm not going to ask that question. I know why you said it like that. I take the poison. <laughs> I, I love that they captioned the trailer with, you can't fix her, but she can fix you. <laughs> just leaning into it as hard as they can. They're so good at it. I love it. It's it's fantastic. 10 out of 10 character designs. Okay, now we can talk about video game releases. Okay, great. Um, So yeah, shit, this month. um, There's Spider-Man. Holy shit. I, I'm kind of glad I can't play that because that's, 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 that, that's too many high-budget games. No, thank you. D- yeah, um... A new 2D Sonic and a new 2D Mario like in like the same week. <laughs> yes, Sonic Superstars and Super Mario Wonder. Um, also, Alan Wake 2. Oh, right. Yeah. And the Metal Gear Collection Volume 1. Yeah, just just so many. The, the 2023, man. Like, I don't... This I don't is know what else to say year. at this point. This I am one of so best. upset realizing that all of the best years of gaming have a high-profile 3D Zelda in them. You have to, you have to deal with it, man. No, wait, I, no, wait, 2007 doesn't. 2007 has, like, Link's crossbow training. I guess that counts. What, the best one ever? You don't count that? But, but no, it's... Well, the best years of gaming are 98, 2007, 2017, and this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2001 is also a possibility. Yeah, are, are you going to be picking up any of these games that are coming out? Wonder's really the only um, one that's tempting me, and I don't know if I have time for it. Mario, and I will probably watch through Alan Wake 2. Okay. At the very least. Nice. And like, and oh, and Metal Gear. I can't, I can't not buy Metal Gear. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, what you working on? Um, let's see. Last month, uh, released the Waddle D video as well as the two Pokemon videos I've been working on. Love the so. Waddle D video, and I'm so proud that you can have now this perfect setup of the thumbnails that people that visit your channel will see. Go, huh? That's neat, and then go watch a different video. <laughs> exactly. I'm so upset that that didn't do better. I don't understand why Pokemon just doesn't land. Is it is it just a cultural zeitgeist that people know everything about the series? Or is but Pokemon just, just that I don't, shallow? I don't talk about the little things like, oh, I should have talked about like slacking and UU or whatever. Like, I, I, people just don't care about the Pokemon game anymore. They care about fixing it. They don't care about it being good. No, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Make, uh, make a episode about a Pokemon mod. That might get... The Yu-Gi-Oh! mod for Pokemon. That has a chance, yeah. Um, let me see. Videos this month. Um, I am planning to have a video on Darkstalkers done by the end of the month. Nice! 
uh, is the right time for it. I have it in production and all set and moving. Um, next month, I also have a video in production about Conker's Bad Fur Day. Ooh, fun. All right. All so right. that should be good. If you are looking for like the long form character analysis kind of thing that I did with Grunty, I am doing that to Conquer. Ooh, I like the idea of that. All right. Uh, the conceit is that uh, he is a shitty 3D platforming protagonist. That is the point. He is the idea of why does Mario not just shoot Bowser personified? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's a valid question. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, I mean, I have one in the background. I don't want to promise it entirely because I need to see if things are going through and okay, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. No, but no worries, no worries. yeah, yeah, those are the only ones that I can promise people right now. But as for working on, yeah, like eight of them. <laughs> yeah. Felicia fan, thank you for uh, judging harshly. I'm not good at games. I just like themes, though. Darkstalkers <laughs> themes so good. Vibes so good. Want to express vibes super strong. Uh, uh, on my side of things, I, I've i actually been getting a surprising amount of work done on YouTube videos. Kind of just oh, nice. taking the mindset of like, you know, this is just a hobby. Kind of just opens up like, oh, yeah, but now I don't have to worry about it anymore. I can just have it for fun now. So I actually yeah, got like 20 minutes of a video done. It's, Ooh, it's the damn. sequel to the reboot roster thing. I have everything apart from the characters done, but the characters are the biggest segment yes. of that video. So I don't well, know yeah, when clearly. it's going to be done. Gotcha. Maybe this month, probably the next one. I don't know. Yep. Free time is very sporadic right now, but I, I, I can probably get that done maybe. I get you. Uh, anything else I can talk about? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll talk about this. I'll talk about this. Uh, I might start streaming games again, just because it's a good way of keeping content up while also having very little time to actually make content. Mm -hmm. I had a fun idea. Uh, you remember when I streamed XCOM, right? It's the basic yes. setup of like, okay, viewers, insert a character, either yourselves or a character into the game, and we'll try to keep them alive. Yeah, yeah, no, you barely knew me, and I was like, put Swanky Kong in, and you went, sure. <laughs> yeah, and I did, and it works. Well, no, he died, I think, but... She. she oh. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, I kind of had thought, like, okay, what if I try to, like, inject some of, like, peasants' perspective, like, submission stuff into this? So I had a thought, what if I turn this into kind of, like, a creative writing competition? Because there are, like, bios in XCOM 2 that you can assign to your soldiers. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what if we, like try to challenge people to create two paragraphs of just like a character dynamic and I'll try to roleplay the characters in ways that they would like take Captain Falcon as a character to give him a really aggressive class make it so he makes really aggressive risky decisions that kind of thing just yeah wanted, that's just, fun yeah I just wanted to I might try to I don't know if I have time this month I want to have some fun artwork for it and I don't both my artists are just up the creek right now just being busy but like well copy's fun okay have some fun stuff. I get you. No, I, I used to do the same thing when I made a lot of uh, create a wrestler content in WWE games. Mm -hmm. Like I would spend hours agonizing on entrances and exact move sets. Just, oh my God, what do they do when the opponent is crouched in the corner? Which variant of the Shining Wizard fits their character the best? Exactly. 
Yeah, that's all probably happened from me. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, like congrats the... on your video release, though. Yeah, I, need, I, I needed that off my head, and that felt good to get it off. Excellent. I love the internet, but you gotta be honest with the platform that we are on. Yeah, and honestly, you all are cool. <laughs> Why don't you smash that like button right now? This is literally from my heart to heart. Opposite of the point <laughs> of the video. Fuck you. <laughs> I respect you so much for doing that. <laughs> Let's move on to the bonus stage. No, 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 no. Like, look, there are 24 watchers and only five likes. I think we can get it a little higher, my guys. Come on. Come on. Parasocial. There is nothing wrong with that psychologically. That'll mess with your life at all. Okay, I'm playing the transition now. Please do. Welcome to bonus stage. Alrighty, let's get that theme going. Um. Wanna go first or should I? I'm good either way. Um, I, I can do whatever. Um, let's see. Do you want something planned or something more off the cuff? Uh, off the cuff. Go off the cuff. Got it. Um, I'm gonna set a timer for ten minutes. Um, during that time, you and everyone else have that amount of time to ask me anything that you would like about Scooby Doo. Go. Okay. I love Scooby Doo. All right. All You're right. You're allowed to uh, ask me anything about it. You have best minutes. versions of each character. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mystery Incorporated for Fred. Um, I honestly really love classic Shaggy and Scooby. I think that that's a great dynamic in the way that they evolve into eventually like their 13 ghosts incarnations just works really well. With that said, every version of Shaggy is great. Velma is also a character that just consistently is very, very good. Um, again, Mystery Incorporated does a great job, but there are multiple movies in which Velma is really good um like uh frank and creepy is a great example that's a great one for fred too frank and creepy is so good as well as uh the maxwell adams one where they fight the scarecrow mm. velma's really good in that one when she fights the scarecrow with bill nye and then daphne basically anything after the year 2000 is good okay um i am a fan of get a clue scooby-doo daphne who is just insane and talks to puppets. That is fun. That is fine. Um, I also am a big fan of the guest star ones where just inexplicably Daphne is related to Alfred Pennyworth from Batman. <laughs> uh, best opening theme song is... God, what's new Scooby-Doo is really strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that and the original Scooby theme are the ones that instantly get in your head but I have respect for what's new for be coming later mm -hmm. okay okay uh, best crossover what, what, Ooh, what's best 
And we're talking about both the Jello Apocalypse scale of both actually good and ironically good. Uh, the Kiss one. The the answer is the Kiss one for both. <laughs> That's so good. It's so funny. Um. <laughs> There are some other really solid crossover ones. Anytime that they cross over with Batman is really pretty solid. I like just in general them crossing over with celebrities of their time. It's weird and disconcerting, but somehow comfortable. Just like seeing celebrities be really excited to be on Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Like it's an honor. It's a testament. It's like they've made it to some extent that kids will now know them and remember them. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's great. Um, the Courage one is pretty okay, but it's much stronger for Courage than it is for Scooby. I feel like that's like the big drawing point or big uh, point for me, where it's much more a celebration of Courage than it is a Scooby-Doo movie. Uh, Other than that, that mixes in well. Um, a lot of the Mystery Inc. things that they do with the Blue Falcon and Dynamut are very interesting. And I really appreciate those characters. I like them being integrated really well. I'm trying to think of questions that like. Thoughts on Scrappy? Scrappy's good. Uh, Ratings for the show didn't drop. He actually saved the show for a while. And like he works well because he puts Scooby in active danger when there is no longer a character to put Scooby in active danger. Like, as a device, he functions incredibly well for the Scooby-Doo dynamic. Okay, okay. What do you think are the greatest strengths of the, the franchise? What, 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 what's, what's special about it that's let it last for so long? Um, I think that Scooby-Doo is a franchise that is able to last forever because inherently it has a natural hook to it. It's you've got to solve the mystery. So inherently you are more invested in it and the little tricks that it is doing or trying than you would in any other cartoons. However, Scooby has allowed itself to evolve to actually peel into the supernatural to go into highly exaggerated environments yet it will always stay as this sort of concrete foundation of it can't go too crazy or will have some form of internal logic to it and because of that scooby is able to challenge basically any concept that it wants from a scale of oh no the man is robbing the bank to cthulhu mythos Mm. and he can absolutely stick the landing and that's why I think is beautiful about the Scooby-Doo franchise, because it creates this consistency that lets you dive into every little bit of mystery. It's a gateway to other things, and it's great. Nice, nice. Uh, I like 8-Bits Wise Men. What, what's the most interesting monster? Like, what was the, what was the best mystery you solved? Like uh, best mystery? Um... My my favorite Scooby media in general is still Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. And I think that is the best mystery and execution of it. Mm-hmm. Because it plays into both elements of Scooby-Doo so well. It plays into that corporate background, that classical monster idea of horror. And then it plunges deep into actual lore, into actual... Just the feeling of witches of the time and beliefs and all of that. It has Tim Curry. It's really good. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I love he has so much fun with that role. Yeah, I think that it is the perfect dichotomy of everything that you could look for for Scooby Doo, and also Thorn is really cute. No arguments here. Yeah, she absolutely yeah. adorable. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Um, what would you want the series do moving do moving forward? Like, is there anything you feel like it's missing that you wish it did? Uh, just continue experimenting, really. Just continue branching off its characters. Like, um, we saw Mystery Inc. handle it in a much more serialized manner, more episode-to-episode, not episode-to-episode, but connecting a consistent thread where each mystery was able to lead into the next, and that's very good. I want to see Scooby-Doo continue essentially being part of its era of cartoons and using the strength of those cartoons to further build it up right now. Like, I think that Scooby-Doo, whenever you see it, is emblematic of the cartoons of its time. Yeah, I, I like that take on it. It's a good, good way to look and at I it. Just, I want to keep seeing it. I want to keep seeing it evolve and see people take more clever approaches to it. So with that logic, does that make Velma just... A, a, a reflection of like, oh yeah, cartoons aren't very good right now. <laughs> you stop that. Ah, <laughs> uh. yeah. Might as well ask the inverse, like psychic paranoia is. What are the worst versions of the characters? Um, Velma. <laughs> but uh, outside, ignoring the cop out, ignore, ignoring the cop out answers of them. Um. There are a couple times where I feel like they lean too much into their characterization. I feel like Get a Clue is very much leaning into this sort of tropes. Um, anytime that you have Fred before about 1996, he is nothing. He has just suddenly exploded as the best character of the franchise, and that's great. Um, I don't like Daphne in 13 Ghosts. I don't think she adds much to the dynamic, and I don't get her palling around with Shaggy and Scooby all that much. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby are just kind of consistent. They're pretty great. I, You know what? I don't really like Scooby in a lot of the 90s movies. And it's weird because I love those movies, but a lot of times Scooby's just an asshole in those. And mm. it's weird. Like the entire... All, he has this bad comedy subplot with cats during all of Zombie Island, and it's just bad and annoying and detracts from everything else. And I'm like, it's okay if Scooby dies in this movie. I'm fine with that. <laughs> hey, that would be a bold new risk that none of the shows have gone for before. That would be I an agree. experiment. <laughs> I agree. I do love how Fred says treasures. <laughs> treasures. Thoughts on the live action versions? Then they come out 20 years ago. Yeah, uh, they're interesting movies. They're nice takes. Um, they're a little bit 2000 movie for my tastes. Where like Shaggy is in Daphne's body and is like, oh no, I have boobies now. No, that, that that's how, Fred. How you, Shaggy's just upset that Daphne never eats. That's one of my favorite jokes in the show. Because like, yeah, Fred yeah, comparison okay. is just like, oh yeah, I'm he's sorry. just hungry. That, that is Fred. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it is just a little much. It is a little bit insecure, but when it decides to play against its insecurities and play into type, I think that they're really fun movies. Well, I don't think they're great cinema or anything, but I think if you're going to go 
what's the Scooby-Doo movie? And when was it released? Yeah, that was going to be what it was going to look like. That's 10 minutes. Lovely. How long could you talk? How long you got? (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Yeah, that checks out. Okay. If no one has seen Frank and Creepy, I do recommend it. There is a weird element of fat shaming in that movie, but it's also the most immaculately edited movie I have ever seen. Wow, really? It is so funny how that movie is edited. Okay. Because it gives like 10 it gives like 10 frame jump cuts in between various actions. Like early on Fred sees the mystery machine explode. And it traumatizes him for the rest of the movie. And every single time, they just add 10 extra frames of the explosion getting bigger and bigger. Until eventually, by the end of the movie, you can see it from space. (laughs) There is an unhinged manic energy to the editing of that movie. (laughs) All right. Nice. Nice. All right, got anything else or do you want to stick to the 10 minutes? No, I'm going to stick it clear. I said my favorite was Witch's Ghost. I stand by it. Mystery Inc. is probably the best individual series. Um, Yeah. Continue on. All right. For mine, that's between a few things, but I think, like, polarizing media is, like, some of the best conversation topic stuff that does stuff really really good and really really bad at the same time I oh i agree that's just fascinating yeah i agree and this month we've talked about this show a lot got a new thing it was released on netflix i want to talk about both the castlevania shows Ooh, the one yeah, covering trevor's generation and the one covering rector's uh because yeah. there, there are some things about these shows that i think they do better than almost anything else out there and some that i just can't stand I completely agree with you on, like, all fronts. These shows enrapture me and frustrate me to no end. All right, all right start with, the, like, I think the best thing about this show. The way this show animates magic in combat is yes. phenomenal. I could watch hours of Sypha just fighting various night creatures. Have, have you seen Nocturne? The... Like, I have you... seen half of Nocturne. Okay, okay. That, 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 that's, I think that's enough. Do you care if I spoil anything? No, I don't. Okay, cool. But, like, they, they, they kind of spin that off with Richter when he gets his magic back, where he'll, like, mm-hmm. he'll, like, have some, like, sub-zero, like, encasing his fist with ice and, like, growing ice out at various points. Like, basically combining Trevor and Sypha's fighting styles. So cool. No, that is beautiful. And, like, I do think this is just the prettiest animated fire. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, gosh, just... The, the first episode of just Dracula's fiery face coming out of the clouds, looking down mm-hmm. at the city, like... I'll, I'll talk... I can't stand how bipolar every aspect of the show seems, because you'll, like, have beautiful shots of that, and then just dialogue of... Just oh, I'm going. I'm going to eat your sh- soul, shit it out, and stretch like a turd in the wind. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, 
Ah, what else? I I also really love how this show handles like cultures. There's there's a frustrating yes. aspect about modern media where, despite the huge pushes for diversity, the solution is often just like, okay, we need more people that are different skin tones in our shows, which is, I ironically, a really surface level skin well skin deep approach to the topic. Literally. Yeah, exactly. Castlevania does not fall into that trap. You have characters from like all across the world, and they actually change the course of the story because of that. You got a diverse mm. village. They'll all be in like different garb, different different weapons to show like, oh yeah, this is just this this corner of the world that people are just running from the night creatures and everybody's coming together here because it's the only safe place to go. You'll have crazy vampires that are just hyper-exaggerated themes based on the cultures they come from. Fucking Olrocks and Nocturne? I love yes. Olrocks. What I a fantastic him. character. I wish he could do a different vocal impression. <laughs> There's a really weird, like, voice direction change in Nocturne. It's yeah, audio balancing I, stuff as well. Yeah, he's so quiet. I get that you're trying to make him soft-spoken. I don't appreciate the way you were directed to do so. It's, it's, it's just some oddities there. Yeah. But I, 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 I love how instead of trying to cram the world into a single setting in a ham-fisted way, they just make their mm-hmm. world and story bigger. That's the way to do that. Yes, absolutely. Also, brilliant idea using just the French Revolution and the French aristocracy as a backdrop. It's just... Mm. Ah, I love the aesthetic. I yes. feel like having Maria's like constant grandstanding about how good their side is. Like The French Revolution is not a conflict where you can morally prop up one side against the other well i agree but the funny thing is maria is russian (laughs) that's true so her talking about revolution (laughs) is the funniest thing in the world i forgot about that that that, like just bumped up my view of her character like two tears (laughs) just from that little bit alone uh let's see what else you know, oh, oh, you know what? Just kind of building off of that culture thing. I want to... The fact that they race-swapped Isaac. I th- I think I would put him up on, like, a pedestal as, like, this is the best way. If you want to do that, this is the best example in all media of how to do that. Because the choice directly benefits the story in so many ways. His, well, he's a little yes. character. There's not much to it, honestly. But, well, like... Well, yeah. By, by doing this, it creates the excuse for Dracula to send Isaac home, snowballing into every fantastic moment has Isaac has as he just, like, just journeys through the Sahara and like interacts with Absolutely. all the great characters there. Definitely. Him being a Sufi creates a fascinating underlying contrast with the overlying obvious Christian themes of Castlevania. His mm-hmm. life story from enslavement to ruling Styria wouldn't be nearly as impactful. His history bleeds into how he fights. It bleeds into his fashion. Even some of the night creatures he summons come from, like, various mythologies that the others don't have, which is so ridiculously cool. You can kind of say the same things about Annette. I... Nocturne, in general, just doesn't really give its characters room to breathe, so I don't feel as strongly about Annette as I do Isaac, but there's still so many cool they things. They gave her, like, a whole episode still. Yeah, you... you... That's all she's gonna get, though. You, you That's get, what you, I figured. You get her background, and then just nothing. That's so much more than she gets in the game. All right, isn't she just, like, one She is boss Richter's girlfriend. And that's it? She is Richter's girlfriend. 
do love her magic. I don't. I'm not quite sure how the magic works. Mm-hmm. But like, it's so cool. Like again, the magic animation is fantastic. Well, it's all clay. It's earthbending. It, it, she starts doing other things too. So point well, you're like, kind of confused. It's like gravity about. earthbending. Yes, but there's also like she can stitch flesh flesh back together, and also yeah, flesh is like earth. <laughs> sure. It's it's matter reconstitution. We'll we'll, we'll go with that. Ah. Uh, Oh, I have dialogue next on my on my list of notes, and I just ah, it's so hard to talk about because on one hand, this show has some insanely fantastic dialogue in certain situations. Like in the first yes. scene when that blue fanged demon, cut well, the first season, and the blue fanged demon comes in to confront the yes. priest, and he's like, "You can't enter God's house. God's left there long ago." And just like, your god doesn't love you, but we do. And it's such a good scene. Or like, yes. or like Dracula's death at the end of the second season. How heavy that, really anything with Dracula. Dracula's like one of the best characters, if not the best one in the show. Yeah, I think that there's him and Isaac, and then the debate ends. Yes. I like a lot of the characters, like the actual settings they get thrown into are often... Not as great, but I like most of the characters and, like, how they're presented and acted and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's, I love the banter between Trevor Seifel and Alucard. Like, that, that's a friendship, I believe. I love watching their traits kind of bleed into each other as they get to know each other more. That's, there's some, like, natural growth I there. think that friendship dynamics in this show are fantastic. Yes. Also really love I that think... they actually, like, got Trevor and Seifel together in the middle. I hate it when stories use romance as like the end goal and just kind of let you romanticize yes. it off of that that's a nice yes it's a healthier way of showcasing it agreed but then like you got you got the the friendship stuff you got some super serious like just like would cause you to stop and make you think but everything in between is so off yeah like, I, I, gosh, no, there's, no, there's like uh, 17 different examples. The fuck do you mean by that shit? <laughs> the, the literal amount of fucks that this show gives is ridiculous. And, like, I, there are points where I actually appreciate it a lot. Like, mm-hmm. more of the grounded characters that are in awful situations. Like, yeah, of course they're oh, gonna swear all the time. Oh, I agree. I think it fits Trevor fantastically. And watching that slowly bleed into Sypha, the more she spends time yes. with him, like, that's fantastic. Yeah. But then there's like other characters that they just I don't I don't want to be too mean to the writers, but this feels like someone who only knows how to emphasize a point with throwing fuck in front of it. And I I I'm just hypocritical for saying that. I curse like a sailor. But Well yeah, but you wouldn't write yourself to say it like exactly. that. Exactly. Like you'll have these like, even ignoring the obvious character of Varney, like, ancient creatures that have been around for so long, and they just have the the foulest mouths. Like, you, you haven't gotten to the main villain of Nocturne yet, right? You haven't actually gotten to the one that's I've building up. I've seen her, but has not, like, encountered her. Boy, oh boy, are you gonna love the first scene with her where she looks up at the moon and says, I fucking hate the sun. I want to tear it to the fucking earth. Just this ancient uh, primordial vampire that, she... and like, like, 
I'm not explaining why this is actually a problem. It's because when you write your characters like this, their personalities just start to bleed together. Like, if you have one yeah. villain that's just constantly being the most crass, foul-mouthed person, and your next villain's just the most crass, foul-mouthed person, it's not yeah, interesting. It, you're creating just an expectation of this world as opposed to building individual characters within it. And, you know, that's great for a populace statement but when everyone is at the same level of the same kind of delivery in not necessarily their vocal delivery because this does very vocal delivery by which i mean some actors deliver lines good and some don't mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but if your actual writing of your lines is that similar from character to character then it just creates this homogenization that gives the show an outward tone, but not like an not allowing any individual character's identity to shine so much. Yeah, because it, it becomes like a like a blanket you're just putting over all of them. Like I don't actually hate the idea behind Varney's character. Like just creating this primordial entity that's just done with everything. But he tries too hard. Yeah, fit into that crassness. So it feels like no, like he's not done with everything. He clearly still cares, and it just mm -hmm. it rips the character apart. It, oh, Varney is mm, probably the second largest frustration I have with the show in a character writing perspective. What's the first one? Because oh, um, Hector and Lenore. Oh yeah, <laughs> there was an idea there. And any I was the so interesting invested. dialogue happened off I was screen. so invested. I was so ready. It was going to be so cool. Fuck. Fuck. Oh my god. No! No, you've reversed the characterization for no reason! I... Uh, there's actually apparently some... Now, some kind of weird office drama that the showrunners have talked about in that particular realm between the first actor. They just... You, with that context, you can kind of tell that there's some just creative visions pulling in different directions in this show. Mm hmm I don't know, I don't know. But then you had to, then you could you can completely just counteract that with just phenomenal storyline just just storytelling and dialogue. Like when Trevor finally start decides to stand up for the speakers and his whole speech of like you're gonna remember that there's still Belmonts in this world. Like you feel those things. They're really, really yeah. good. Well, because it's earned because he's had to build himself up for that. Belmonts meant nothing to him, and now he's able to propose it to other people. Like he has made himself someone that he can be proud of because he has to have someone to be proud of him. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think that's a huge problem that Nocturne specifically has. Like, you haven't finished the whole show, but mm -hmm. when you get through it all, it's very clear that they're trying to set up a lot of different things that they just don't have the time for. Mm -hmm. And they'll, they'll completely sacrifice, like, the smaller character moments of, like, Alucard and Trevor bantering. Like, like I, I love that little line of just Saifa telling them not to kill each other. And like, oh, please, we're not children. The second she walks away, eat a dick. Yes, fuck you. And just like, I, I love yes. that little playfulness, but there's just none of that because they have to bounce between every single little detail. So they kind mm -hmm. of just 
It's almost written as if every scene is trying to be one of those super impactful scenes. Like, okay, yeah, this is the message we're trying to put forward with. Mm-hmm. But the messages don't land without the breathing room, without that time to get invested in the characters, especially without the build-up. I agree. I was I was nodding in agreement the first time Maria started making her speech. Is, is it Maria or Marie? Maria. Maria. Okay, was talking about the revolution and taking back power from the upper class. Like, yeah, the church is hypocritical. You go, girl. I agree with you. The sixth time she said something like that wore a little thin. Like, the characters being thrown aside for what they're trying to push forward with her, which... It's it's frustrating. I I feel like characterization is being kind of tossed aside. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't... You can write a story with a message, and that's extremely powerful. A message with a story is just kind of telling the same message over and over again, because a message is... It's stationary. It doesn't evolve and grow like a story does. Well, I don't entirely agree with that, um, because I'm a One Piece fan, but... (laughs) Okay, fair. I do think that it is important that if your character is stationary in their beliefs or has a belief that is shiny and resonant, then you have to challenge that from every conceivable angle. And some of those angles have to have a fucking point. Which is which is what really frustrates me about this French Revolution setting, because that's the perfect area to challenge her super diehard beliefs in the revolution. Does just doesn't doesn't happen maybe in later seasons i don't know it's so much of a setup season that there's literally a deus ex just okay we gotta get this character in here too right at the end out of fucking nowhere oh is that where alucard comes in yep indeed Ah, it is it comes out of absolute nowhere that sounds like exactly what i expected like, you'll have Annette going from being furious with Richter for fleeing a battle in one scene to the very next scene with them together, sheepishly admitting that she was more worried about him than she would like to admit. Mm-hmm. And it's just, there's no throw line. Like, you got Ulrochs, the best character. To tell, actually, I'm not going to spoil it. I, th- I think Ulrochs' story with his little Christian boy toy, which is just a hilarious dynamic mm-hmm. I love so much, that there's... There's a fun idea with the story that they're going with there, but there's no there's no time to let it breathe. Oh. Well, that's sad. I don't like that. Kind of on the topic of Ulrox, I, w- I want to talk about this real quick because I care a lot about it. I love how this show approaches showing off cultures, but it's starting <laughs> to give the vibe that they're... How do I put this? Trying to score points. It's like you, you know the blizzard like diversity yes. charts kind of, I, I get that yep. vibe from time to time. I can feel and see that. With that said, usually it's well researched enough and well represented yeah, enough I, that I'm I, like, I, that's that's all right. At the same time, I go, why are we in America? It, it, it's there's a thing with Ulrox that just gets in like under my gears. I can't remember if you've gotten to that point, but they'll have a whole scene kind of dedicated to like, oh right, you're the what's it called, the Aztec vampire, just like a big neon sign rising up. Like, look at us, we're doing the thing. Which I don't want to be clear. I don't think this is a bad thing. This is so much better than what most 
media does. Like, whatever the hell Rings of Power was trying, this is leagues better. But when you treat it like you're trying to meet a quota, once you hit the quota, you stop. There's no diving down a rabbit hole and trying to study and show off fascinating minutiae of a mythology or a society. It's just like, yeah, we got Aztec stuff, or yeah, we went for Yoruba mythology. There's, you get the feeling of contentment and you can move on. But yeah. there, there is a difference between creating a proper character and representation for it and creating a proper backstory and then just going, well, we could have done just regular combatants, but here's Blanca from Brazil. <laughs> the reason this one bugged me so much as, I, hey, if anyone, you were writing notes a couple of episodes ago. If you studied a little bit more, you'd realize that the term Aztec is a little more of a... It's... it's how, do I, how do I explain this? It's derived from how all the people in Mesoamerica... Well, not all the people, but, like, there was, like, a kind of a... Kind of a Garden of Eden place they claim to have come from called Aztlan, which is where the word comes mm -hmm. from. Right. And that's not really what they would call themselves. It's like calling an Italian a Mediterranean. You well, could go yeah, with, well, like, Mexica or Nahua, but even that's a little lacking for an Well, actual... yeah, but at, at the same time, that is another character from Europe calling him that, which is exactly yeah, well, what a person from Europe would do. Uh, that's the thing. Like, if you actually research this, you could realize these kind of things and be like, okay, but an actual living Aztec would probably associate more with the cities from or anything else. And like, oh, wait, we can actually make this scene better now. Because he could, like, kind of scoff and laugh at how the Spaniards always insist on oversimplifying his culture and properly introduce himself mm -hmm. as, like, one of the Chalca or a Tlaxcalan or, like, well, yeah, a dozen other examples. Well, yeah, absolutely, but you're already saying that the show has no time to do any of its points. So like when are they seconds, going to, why are they going to shove this in? I, I just... They did the thing, they were like, ooh, Aztec vampires, you haven't seen this since JoJo Part 2. That's... <laughs> Yeah, cause, and of course he also turns into a giant feathered serpent, because that's the only mythical creature that exists from that area. Yeah, no, Quetzalcoatl ate all the other ones. I just, I don't know, I, I'm not... I, I, I hate like, complaining about this, because I love what they're doing so much more than what literally everybody else is doing. But it's just that now that you're trying to do things, like, okay, but keep taking steps, though. You can't just say, like, okay, we hit the bar, and then we're gonna, wait, now we can stop now. No. It's so... How do I... How do I, how do I word this? Don't do it because you feel like you should. Do it because it's fun to showcase stuff like this. Make it come from a place of creative passion, a more in-depth look, a, a drive to show off all this cool stuff, and the results naturally speak for themselves when you do that. Like, like I, I use the Rito as a good example of this. Actually going in and getting, like, various bits of fashion from the Andes peoples, b building their instruments into their themes. Like, you can keep mm -hmm. just keep going like that. I don't know. Uh, step in the great step in the right direction. Please keep trying to do a little bit more. Hmm. I'm of the mind that they can either do more or they can do less because season two of Castlevania did not have time to explore its vampires of various cultures. However, you could see sort of the magnetism that Dracula had through it. They were a set piece to show his global domination, his global power, and they were allowed to showcase their unique powers and cultures through actions despite them not being highlighted. Yeah, in yeah, recent yeah. in recent um, 
eras of Castlevania, we have more seen a bit of depth, but not hard committing to it. So it creates this odd middle ground where you don't get the satisfaction of, oh, look, the thing, the thing is cool. Things from culture. I like culture. Research culture more. I like Misty Vampire. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't quite hit the same way of, oh, damn, that's a nice exploration. I'm glad that as a fan of this, I'm glad that they've properly represented it. You just kind of get like, oh, thing. We're talking about thing. Okay, thing's done. New thing. New thing. Yeah, it's it's very surface level like that. And it's just, I I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm guilty of what I was talking about earlier. Like, you have to be chill about this kind of stuff. And I was not chill. It's like, I don't want them to stop. Please don't stop. This is like the only bits of this I'm going to get for like the next five years. Well, again, it's it's a um, it's a show of Theseus. You have a lot of great parts of the individual Castlevania story here, and you're creating individual pieces of it and creating a lot of it. But a lot of it just isn't really compatible with itself. And the overall boat, eh, it's not as strong as it used to be. And then it, like, double Theseus's itself because they, like, set up everything. They've completely changed the parts by the end of the original. And by Nocturne, they're like, okay, let's make a new ship out of the old ship. And but use some parts from the original ship, but mostly new parts. And, like, I, I'm even invested in, like, seeing where those new parts come from. Like, if Dracula ever shows up in this new world where he's kind of had this second life with Lisa, mm-hmm. what does a more passive deity dracula look yeah. like does, it's, it's an interesting thing but he like he doesn't have the ability to go in as he did in the game and that naturally creates more difficulty with alucard's story yeah 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 where alucard just kind of has to be in it because he has to be in it does death show up yeah <laughs> You have to go see how that turns out yourself, because I yeah, think it's, um, a, it's a hilarious reveal that I'm not willing to spoil. Oh, I oh I, I clocked that, like, way too fast. <laughs> and that friend went, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, and beat me up as soon as the reveal happened. <laughs> I'm so mad that you're right. All this said, I, I am still, like invested in a season two i i i think that what the show does well is still worth being invested in and now that they've got the setup done like do something with it maybe like you got all your pieces where you want them on the board now make your play like i i can i like the ideas of the characters like they haven't really grown at all (laughs) the one moment where i was getting really invested in richter's like character growth, he literally has a moment of like, you know what? I was gonna say something profound, but fuck it, and just blow somebody his head off. Which is on one hand is funny, but like it kind of undercuts the. I, I don't know. But like now, th- there's a fantastic dynamic. I think there's a single moment at the end that really kind of re kickstarts up some emotional investments. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil here either, but like I'm interested to seeing the dynamic between what happens there. I think there's something going on that's interesting with. Gosh, I don't even know his name. 
they they introduced the character so fast and then killed him and then made him a night creature. <laughs> I don't know oh, his oh, name. Oh, oh yeah, Opera Man. Yeah, the oh, the Opera Man. They're doing something interesting with the Opera Man, but like uh, with what night creatures really are. Like, I think there's fun questions to be asked here and explored. Yeah, I like just, him. Like, do something with it. <laughs> They, no. also, they also do, like, they set Ulrocks off as, like, up as, like, a third player. Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of helping both sides, and I'm fascinated to see where that goes. So, like, yeah, please keep making the seasons, but just do better. <laughs> I feel like I liked everything in this season just a little bit worse than the original show, and I... I hate That's that I okay. can say that. I stopped liking the original show at season three. I still have, could find. I, I, I still enjoyed the character that, dynamics. I think that parts are good. I think that, oh damn, you really did give the Alucard the same plot line three times in a row. But he's so broken, though. What if he's lonely and needs friends and then the friends leave him for some reason? What if that happened three times? Uh, I don't know. It's an interesting case study, at the very least. But yeah, that's my whole spiel about the Castlevania stuff. Was there any other thoughts you have to add to that, since you've seen the shows too? Um, do you know why he's named Varney? I don't. I'm trying to think... Varney the Vampire is the original lore of uh, vampires that was then superseded and a lot of elements taken from Dracula. So Dracula completely supplanted Varney the Vampire in public consciousness. Okay. That is the real world inspiration. Fascinating. That on is one just... hand, I kind of like that, but on the other hand, that's so stupid. It is absolutely the dumbest shit in the world. It is very, very funny. But it also infuriates me knowing that. Because it works for what the character is. It is a very effective joke. But you've also made the character a joke. Yeah. 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 Ah, well. At least the magic fight scenes will be cool either way. The magic, they're so good at magic. It's ridiculous. Like, it blows everybody else out of the water. It's not even close. Like, the time when she's fighting the one, like, Persian vampire, and she, like, sends an ice wall forward, the dude backflips onto it, runs forward, and she just takes the whole wall and just slices up. Yes. God. Oh, it's the best thing. She just, like, creates three icicles and just kind of parries... There's smooth movements. Just, I love Cypher so much. Cypher's fantastic. Cypher's phenomenal. Anyway, let's get on to the comments. This is a long episode. Let's, oh yeah, no, we're going to hit four and a half hours. Yeah. I'm so glad we don't add these anymore. All right. Let's get the music. Where did I where did I put the comments? That's if right, you the have comments. a comment, please list them in the comments area and 
put in the hashtag DTG comment so that we will see your comment. If it is a good comment, we will read it out loud and it'll sound something like this. From three eggs, three eggs, three X H S. Did either of you, either of you ever think about games you'd want to make slash see when you were kids? If so, please describe them. Yeah, I, I wanted to make Pokemon, and I would have a starter, and it would be a watermelon, but it's like a jack-o'-lantern. That was as far as that idea got, but for some reason it's stuck in my brain forever. Yeah, a, a kid's game ideas aren't very good. I, I mm-hmm. think I remember, like, a crossover between Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia, and Pirates of the Caribbean... There was no through line of that. I just wanted pirate ships, but also Nazgul, but also, like, g- giant flaming phoenix walls. and mm-hmm. Yeah, kid games kind of just become grab the action figures and slap them together. But you can, you can get some fun ideas from them. Yeah. Um, let me see. Oh, yeah. Um, as a kid, I wanted a Mex- Megas XLR game. I still want a Megas XLR game. I was so right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, I, I think this is a fun comment from Lukak. How would you play, like, in just any games that you're choosing? What is your play style if you were, like, in Punch-Out or in a platformer? What, what, what do you as a person trend towards um long dialogue trees in which you have to select the correct option (laughs) and if you select the wrong option it leads you to further dialogue trees in which you will assume that there is a correct option but there is not (laughs) ah like Lil Mac throws a punch and I duck, and I start asking him his opinion on Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> and if his favorite Kong is anything other than DK, Diddy, or Cranky, he fails the fight. But he won't know it for the next 20 minutes, because I have to talk to him for that long first. I'm, I'm trying to think of something clever. If, if, if you ever stop moving in the gameplay, the gameplay stagnates and it's no longer fun. I need to have <laughs> momentum in my life. Otherwise, it sucks. Uh, uh, sometimes you'll just encounter me and I will just be holding myself crying. And you'll just win the fight that day. But it's only like every other Tuesday. You like watch the lunar phases and be like, okay, that's lining up with this time right now. Just yeah, like exactly. some, it's, some, it's, some Legend of Zelda ghost pirate ship bullshit yeah ah from lj or something if you translate any fictional franchise or individual work into a fighting game what would you pick what playstyles could you imagine for certain characters let's see There's a bunch of good, just general franchises. Are we going for game franchises or just any media? I think think any media would honestly be more interesting. Yeah. 
Well, no, A-Media is just like, okay, let me tell you about the potential He-Man fighting game again. I would kind of love a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fighting game. Just the sheer amount of random bullshit that's constantly thrown at everything. How that gets translated into some form of a competition just sounds like a fascinating case study to me. Oh, uh, Scooby-Doo fighting game. There we go. Let's bring it full circle. Let's just make it work. <laughs> Everybody um, is Phoenix Wright from Marvel vs. Capcom. <laughs> Who yeah, can solve the mystery just, first? You just have a clue system with you. You just discover things about your opponents. Like, if you open them up and find a weakness, it gets even weaker as you exploit it further. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. That sounds fun. Yeah. And then you just take people from other eras, like Fred can be Mystery Ink Fred. Shaggy and Scooby can be a duo fighter from the classic series. Velma can also be for Mystery Ink. Dafty can also be for Mystery Inc. You could have Red Herring there. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's a fun one. Uh, from Burstar641. What is a character or gun that you guys love in shooter games for any reason whatsoever? Personally loves the engineer from TF2 and Junkrat in Overwatch for his design and how versatile he is. Oh, that's good. Um... It's only in how it's used as a power fantasy in the single player mode, but the smart pistol from Titanfall 2. Mm, yes. Oh, that's so good. The moment you obtain that combined with the natural movement of the pilot is so strong. Oh, yeah, yeah. For kind of the same reason, from the character side of things, that same like pilot mobility in terms mm -hmm. of characters I've enjoyed in just shooting games, there is Lucio in Overwatch, and then there's a gap. Because just, it feels so good to just skate on walls, jump around people, maneuver into the perfect area to bounce them off the stage and just watch them tumble. Oh, you know what? Here, here's an interesting one. Uh, I used to play that um, Overwatch knockoff Paladins, mm -hmm. which was like Overwatch but free. And they had a character called uh, Maldamba, and he had this, like, witch doctor-esque appearance, and instead of a gun, he had a snake just coiled around his hand, and the snake was like a revolver. It shot six shots. However, each of the shots were just a venom ball that traveled in an arc. And okay. the interesting thing about him is that whenever he reloads, he has to get another snake. So he throws the snake out during his reload animation, and if you're hit with it, you get stunned. Oh, okay. And I loved that sort of That's parody fun. of, like, risk my ability to do damage to stun you, and it's a team game, so you will almost certainly die if I hit you. Okay, yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. I'm trying to think of specific guns just to get the other half of it. It's hard, hard to remember. I mean, rocket launchers in Halo are really funny. Any type of just point, click, boom, mm -hmm. just takes out people in a cone. Oh, the ro the rocket launchers in Battlefront Two, just combined with the ragdoll physics of just watching people go flying. Oh, those were good. Um, 
to completely miss the point in Battlefront 2 um, Palpatine because he has a glitch where he can force choke you and then swap to force lightning, but force lightning auto replenishes. So he just infinitely lightnings you until you oh, die yeah. Oh, yeah. and you can do nothing. That was the most fun. Yeah, kind of an obvious answer too. But spies are so... I, I love the TF2 spy of just the mental yeah. gymnastics of messing with people. Thing is, I don't like his gun at all. Oh yeah, most of his guns just suck. But you, yeah. you, you, they, then you stab people, and then you turn into them, and you oh, kill yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, really it, it's great, but like, this is a character or gun question, and I feel like I like every part of this character, except the gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trainer Zien has a good one in the comments. Which games do you think they would be better with less content or games that have all the ingredients to be great, but the pacing is making it worse? Ooh, Bowser's Inside Story. <laughs> That's a good answer. That was just right there. We just talked about it today. More Bowser, please. Less giant Bowser, please. I think the the Warner Brothers, the, like the old Shadow of War games, like the Lord of the Rings, the whole Nemesis system that they tried, they copyrighted for some bullshit reason. Oh yeah, the concept of those games is phenomenal. The pacing is abysmal. Like you'll get halfway through the story and be like, okay, but now you have to spend forty hours just going back through everything you just did to get to the second half of the story, and just like some streamlining would be very nice there. Um. Okami is a beautiful, incredible game that should be divided into three separate games. Because I, I don't want to fight Orochi again. Oh my god, please no. Oh, I got one. Modern one. Uh, I think Fire Emblem Three Houses would be a lot better if it tried to do a lot less. Ooh. It's, it, having the three completely separate stories while also truncating all of that through the same like 10 chapter start mm -hmm. it creates a really messy pacing while also having to reuse a lot of assets from various different levels i think the writing is decent but the overall pace of the game i, I, I don't think anybody but a diehard fire emblem fan is going to play through all three storylines of that game right it, there's too much to it now, see, that one fascinates me because I think that the pacing is great for a first playthrough, but you don't get enough in a first playthrough to be entirely satisfied by it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just creates this weird... At which point the first ten chapters, which were not a problem at all and were well made at the first go-round, suddenly become a problem. Mm-hmm. God, there's so many games with bad pacing that I'm just not thinking of immediately because they have bad pacing. It just doesn't jump to your mind immediately. I, I feel like in the terms of, like, need less in, I feel like most open-world games fall into that category. Most Bethesda games, for that matter. Just, like, okay, if you've got so much here, but anything that you're offering me, I could find more mm -hmm. of in a more streamlined experience. Yep. Haven't played, but I guarantee you it's the case. Final Fantasy sixteen. <laughs> yeah watching Tarvel play that absolutely I agree with that I understand like damn the ability to voice act every single conversation in that game really hurt it mm -hmm. because now the five minute kill the rat quest has become the 20 minute kill the rat quest as you listen to the dialogue 
Indeed. Uh, I'll grab this question because I'm biased. Uh, from Marshadow, if they brought back Adeline into the Kirby series and based a game around her, how would you want her to be handled? What? I have a video for you. But also to kind of build off of that. I think the ability... Like, you can't go too heavy with the story theme in Kirby because that kind of goes against what Kirby inherently is. Mm-hmm. But it kind of, I kind of want an underlying theme of burnout behind it. Like, artistic burnout. Like, for whatever reason, like, she gets possessed, she gets forced into it. Like, she has to keep mass-producing the whole army, not able to create what she wants to create. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of tie that into, like, Kirby being this beautiful, creative soul of hope, hope and happiness coming to save her. Like, allow her to create the stuff she wants. Like, you have to be very surface level with Kirby stuff, but that's kind yeah. of the vibe I would want from it. Yeah. I would want someone to be mean to her and make her draw things that she doesn't want to draw. Yeah. And then she draws something and they're like, no, you don't have to draw that. And then someone says, but she wants to draw it. She wants to show you something. And that can be the final level. I, I have this, I think I said this in the video, but I have this mental image of just her constantly painting like a Kefka's Tower kind of deal of just weird, not not to the same extent, but just kind of, just kind of a weird, doc, slightly horrifying Dr. Seuss creation of just craziness. I, I don't know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Jared Hebert, do you like Transformers? If so, favorite series or character? I guess that pause is a no. <laughs> uh, I gr- no, Well, I was going to let you handle that first because it was targeted at you. Oh, okay. I partially grew up with it. Like, at a very surface level, I had a few toys. I watched, like, three episodes. I loved the movies until I grew older and realized they suck. Um, I grew up with the uh, Energon trilogy, mostly. So, um, yeah. There's only a choice when you start with Armada, and the only choice at that is Armada Starscream. Because at that point, it's like, we have one character that we are giving all of the development to. You better like this one character. And I go, I like this one character. Thank you. Like, they have a great sequence where they're devoured by Unicron and actually have to resist being in a fantasy world where they have all they want as they're slowly being devoured. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's cool for my little baby brain. That's like Majin Buu, but I like him less because Unicron isn't Kirby. Yeah. I don't think I experienced enough of it to say a favorite series or character. It was more of this, the conceptual side of Transformers <laughs> that I was enjoying rather than any any of the plot or characterization or anything like that yeah i'm i'm not particularly drawn to any individual series but like i I mean i like megatron i think megatron has a consistently strong presence and voice in whatever series that he's in uh let's grab magic guys is here let's do the if there was another kirby game kirby racing game what kind of racetracks would you want would you want more original tracks or tracks based off of the series 
haven't really actually even played Kirby's Air Ride, so I don't have much of a... I actually did this in my Discord server, so just one second, and I will see if I can pull that up. Is that... Yeah, there it is. So I created 16 tracks for this. Mm-hmm. Just to like sort of encapsulate the entire Kirby series, and I based it off of the states of matter. However, I didn't want to use dark matter because it didn't feel right having a dark cup, so I replaced it with DDD. Okay. So <laughs> the DDD matter. In the short, most important uh, we, matter. So first off, we have the DDD cup that includes Waddle Raceway, based on Wall D Town, Wispy's Woods which combines Green Greens, Big Forest, and Vegetable Valley. Uh, Frosty Factory, which includes the Robobot Ice Cream Factory and the Shiver Star Factory. Yes, okay. And Mount Dedede to uh, wrap it up. A lot of starting Kirby areas with just a little bit more intrigue, just general areas that would appear often in the Kirby series. Mm -hmm. uh, I then have the Heart Cup which includes Perplexing Pyramid, based off of the Dreamland 3 and Kirby 64 Black Pyramid. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cloudy Tower, which is a combination of the Return to Dreamland Sky Tower and Bubbly Clouds, just give Krakow a full aesthetic while having a sort of climb to the heavens sort of deal. Uh, Halberd Siege which is the necessary Halberd stage, but I am combining it with the Halberd fighting the access arc from Planet Robobot oh, to get yes. in that conflict. Oh, just Halberd that's Rainbow Road at the same time. That's so cool. Just diving directly into the uh, Haltman works from the Halberd and back and just work with that. Mm. And then the final stage being, do you remember that stage from... Uh, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed that was like the Samba de Amigo amusement park ride. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but in Mary Magoland with all of the sub-games. Ooh, that's So you're just crossing into the sub-game areas. Alrighty. My third is the Soul Cup, which is a Livel Mall from... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just felt it as a necessity, really. Uh, Royal Road from Kirby Triple Deluxe. Because, like, with a name like that, I can't not. <laughs> yeah. And also, I just it's just good representation for Sectonia in general. Um, and then Artist's Alley, which is an homage to Canvas and Rainbow Curse in Adeline's art style. Oh, ooh, that's good. Oh, I really yeah. love that. And then to wrap it off, uh, Candy Constellation, which is its namesake from Amazing Mirror, but with a bit of far-flung Starlight Heroes and Nebula Belt from Kirby Air Ride. Wrap in just a little bit of the actual Air Ride track to end it off on, but have that sort of dreamscape of the um, mirror dimension, the mirror world. Mm -hmm. Just represent Kirby in the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hash Hashi no Kabi. And then finally, the Dream Cup, which starts with uh, Overdrive Ocean, which is a combination of Orange Ocean, Secret Sea, and Iceberg Ocean, with my intent for this being that you see the sunken halberd from uh, Kirby Squeak Squad, so that it 
is a continuation of the Halberd Siege stage from earlier. And then Checker Knights, which is a track from Kirby Air Ride, but morph it to fit the theming and further development of the Meta Knights, of Galactonite, of Morpho Knight. Make it truly a knight stage. With its original sort of chessboard surrealistic theme. Okay, okay. Then Dark Castle, which is its namesake, but then it goes into the another dimension, dark star sort of full dimensional bit there. Start it in a familiar possessed territory and then go through and then you have to break through at the end. I want this to just be a narrative showcase, maybe like a linear board where at the very end you break through the darkness and you end in dreamland. Nice. And then and then the final stage is Rainbow Road. <laughs> Rainbow Road. <laughs> no context. It, you can fit into Kirby's Rainbow Resort if you'd like, but like it, it's Rainbow Road. <laughs> yeah, how much you need to add into that? I, I've spent this whole time trying to come up with ideas to add on to it, and I, you kind of just cover each one. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that there's there's this there's the Shiver Star Factory. Yep, gotta scrap that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have one with Epic Yarn though that I think would be neat. If there was like just basic track layout, but there were ways to like go off the beaten path and kind of in a Mario Odyssey like going two D actually go 2D through the wall for kind of like a separate 2D racing track where you're more about just jumping at the right points rather than like kind of like a minecart segment almost. Mm-hmm. Just kind of going from the yarn to the uh, three environment. I've never seen a racing game do that. I think that could be really cool. That would be fun. Yeah, that, that that's the one idea I have. <laughs> Got it. Uh, oh, I like these two. I think we'll wrap up with these two comments because we've done a couple and I like both of these. Alrighty. Uh, from Psychic Paranoia, what is the best moral choice you have ever seen in a game? I'm trying to think of one that isn't spoilers. <laughs> you can just name the game if you can't. Uh, the final choice of Umineko is really good because it's the entire thesis of the game and neither choice is incorrect. The game really wants you to pick one, but morally you could pick the other one. I, I guess it has to be a choice between the two. Mm-hmm. So my, my, my first thought was I actually do like the ending of the original Last of Us. I think that's a very compelling just choosing between saving I, the I, world. I, or... I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Um... I'm sure Disco Elysium has some. It has a lot, yeah. <laughs> but there are less moral choices and more, like, wow, funky choices. Like, it, it's very much a moral choice to say, do you want to wear the horrific necktie the entire game? <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm sure... I'm only coming up with, like, bad examples right now. yeah 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 that's that's the issue here like i can tell you how stupid the moral choices were in starcraft 2 but like i don't want to talk about those yeah i uh, i could like 
I could rand your ear off about how infamous is like, okay, do you want to save your girlfriend or six doctors? I think well, no, Undertale doesn't do like it's not a compelling moral choice. It's just interesting because of how it messes with game mechanics. It's not really the morality. The morality is in question there. Mm. There's a lot of good in. Uh, well, we we could just say Mass Effect with the Quarians and the Geth. I think that Ooh, that's, that's a good really line. well done. Oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. The idea of this race created entirely sentient life. We aren't sure of the extent of its sentience, but due to, you know, circumstances, it's been entirely driven out. Hell, Morden's entire thing in that series is fabulous. Mm. And while there is a better answer out of the two, his personal dilemma is really good in it. Mm-hmm. This is, of course, all undermined by Mass Effect 3's ending. However, <laughs> the individual pieces that weren't written in 48 hours say some things that are real good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shouts to Bastion. Yeah, shout-outs to Bastion. Bastion's a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, I, I kind of cheated and looked stuff up. I have, There's a good one. The, the Walking Dead Season 1... The end of that, mm. asking the kid to do the thing yes, for that's, you. That, that is a good one. That That's a very good one. That is a good one. I will throw in my favorite Telltale game, Batman the Enemy Within, for the same reason. Because every choice that you make is like, okay, what is the best choice to not make this man turn into the Joker? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 I played Ghosts of Tsushima last year. I'm pretty sure I won't spoil mm -hmm. this for me because I'm pretty sure nobody in my audience cares. But at the very end, after you've walked away from the Samurai Order, you have to come back and duel your master, and the very final moment of that game is choosing to spare or kill this man that has raised you your entire life. Oh, yeah, that one. Yes. That, that's a, that was a really good choice. Kind of just pondering, do you honor what he values or do you honor what you value and that's I, I i like that choice i had to take a second mm -hmm. for that one yeah i love choices where i have to like walk away and go ooh, ooh, one sec though mm -hmm. <laughs> and let's just throw out a shout out to the opposite of this anything from the studio that made detroit beyond whatever <laughs> the fuck that game's called oh Detroit become human. It has nothing it? to do with social issues. I just want to make a game about Not robots. Not at all. There's, there's nothing there. <laughs> uh, let's I'm just asking questions. <laughs> I, 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 I hate to think of what he thinks is actually just the opposite. <laughs> can't stand that writing style we have a dream ah <laughs> uh, one more question to wrap it up from carson how did we meet each other what made you want to still want to do these streams i think it was just through the discord if i remember yeah correctly. no it, yeah as as it, i recall um 
I just saw that you had a discord and I was like, okay, I'll join. And then I joined and I was like, I have an idea for a podcast. We should do a podcast. And then I approached you expecting to get turned down. And then you were like, you know what? Whatever. Fuck it. We'll do one. It sounded fun. I, I, I wish I could tell a better story than that, but it was just kind of like, yeah, want to do this? No, that's that's how online friendships work. Sure. You're two people, you have large egos, and then you combine them. Exactly. <laughs> like, things, I think that most things are born from very innocuous meetings, honestly. I don't think that much is dramatic. I think that most of the human interaction is built on talking to each other, living with each other, experiencing things with each other. Yeah. And that deepens exact, you know, both bonds and exactly what it means to have that sort of relationship. Yeah, the internet does kind of try to make people want to dramatize it a little bit more, which is, I think is a big reason why people can kind of get stuck on the internet because they expect things outside of the internet to be more grandiose. Mm-hmm. But like, no, nah, it's just, it's talk no. to people, make a you will get turned down for every offer you don't make. Like, yeah. Just, just go for it. Talk to people. Yeah. And then you'll stop carrying. And then you'll, because like I was ready like 30 minutes before we recorded our first podcast on Joker. This one, <laughs> I'm walking in like four minutes till getting set up and be like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. It'll be fine. Because I had to get dressed up because I saw what you named the episode. Which I decided. Like, Give me a sec. Ten minutes before I put up the thing, to put it live, and I made the thumbnail two minutes before that. <laughs> yeah. Planned like clockwork. This ep- cool. these episodes are. You didn't even use freaking Mario Party art for DK. Well, yeah, I would have had to look for a PNG file I didn't already have organized out. <laughs> oh. You worked on a Mario Party video for me. What do you mean you don't have it? You're... Hang on. The Bowser versus DK one. Oh, yeah, I, I know that. Did I never grab a PNG? Official renders. DK characters. I have these, like, well organized. Where's Mario Party Donkey Kong? <laughs> okay, well. I broke my organization system, apparently. Ah, uh, glad to see you incredulous as usual. <laughs> All right, and I think we'll end off here because it has been almost five hours and I need to go start making dinner. Meh, okay, I guess. But thank you all so much for watching these. Yep, I, thank I, you. I really appreciate having just these nice little chill times to just take a break from, like, other stressful stuff and be like oh yeah i'm still being productive right now i'm just like talking to people it's great yeah i agree thank you all for showing up you guys are you know the reason that this is done so please do all the social things that will continue to let this live at the uh, hashtag ddg comment in the comments of the video share with people you know give me good comments give me really good comments that are not based on turning things into fighting games or platform fighters (laughs) But we only get those every single time, though. What do you mean? You want variety? Yeah, give me like, give me something weird, but like not too weird. Not like personally revealing about you, 
but like good. All right, and we will see you all next time for the half of October episode at this point. Yep. Don't worry about it. In 